good evening. It is Tuesday, I think February 8th, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is episode 331 of Hanging with Bears. Uh, we've got an awesome one for you tonight, so I uh, appreciate everybody pouring in. Here we go. Joe Gagan, Skillet Bear, KO, good evening, everybody. Woodshot Bear, here first. Cannot believe it. I might be late. Apparently, I'm late if Woodshop's on time. Bear for all season. Let's go. That's right. Tico, Bra Bear. What's going on, everybody? Good evening. Good evening. Benji Bear. Good evening. How's everybody doing so far? I hope everyone's having a good week. I know the week's pretty young come Tuesday night, but um, but hey, a lot can happen in two days, right? Still have to start over in an hour. I won't be starting over in an hour. If you rejoin, that's on you, brother. All right, Sean is in the house. We'll give uh, we'll give it a second. Oh, he sent the request, so we're just going to go ahead and get at it. Brenner Bear, what's up? Good evening. Go live with Sean. Jim Brickham, good evening. Sean, what's up? What's going on? Good evening. Welcome. Welcome back, I should say. Yeah, yeah. It's good to talk to you for the first time. Yeah, man. I've uh, I've enjoyed catching some of your streams that you've done and uh, some of the Hang With Bears episodes. I actually caught, I think the first one I saw that you did was uh, with Copper Bear, and I actually went back today and saw that you had done one with Roe originally back in April, I think it was. Yeah. So I did catch a little bit of that one, and um, I actually wrote down some notes of things I wanted to touch on that you guys talked about, and then I left it upstairs, so we're just going to wing it. We're just going to shoot from the hip and, uh, and have a good time anyway. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah Robert's uh, going to be coming on my stream too, pretty soon. Oh, awesome! Good deal. We'll be on top of that. Like I think in the next month or two. Yeah. Nice. Part two on my channel. Yeah. Yeah, Robert's a great dude. He's uh, the first one that I had me on back in the in my first stream with Hanging with Bears, and then um, kind of here I am. So I feel I feel blessed, grateful, constantly to be a part of this team, and uh, and love having everybody on. So. Excited for tonight. I know there's a lot of people that are in here excited to see you as well. So, um, so hit me, man. What have you been up to since you've been on here last? I don't think – I know everybody. I know a handful of people follow your streams. Um, not everybody. So, not everybody's hip with what you've been up to if you want to kind of run with it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I do a couple different streams. I do like a devotional reading stream that I'm going to start doing more regularly. I always kind of – do them and then get in the groove and then stop doing them for a couple months. Uh, it's called uh, Good News for My Dudes. Yeah. It's kind of like a separate channel. Um, so I'm going to be doing that more regularly. My main channel, so I used to be Sean V Planet. So everyone kind of maybe used to know me as that. I just switched my name up. Um, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what the hell to call but, you tonight. Yeah, Max yeah. Spare, you got Sean V Planet, Sean, Sean yeah. Tory, Sean, uh, just call me yeah. Sean right now. <laughs> My name's Sean Corey. I want to go by that, but there's like two other people that pretty much have that name, like completely locked in on social medias and stuff. There's actually like a gay black man in Hollywood that has my name. So that oh, was like one sync with Owen because, you know, Owen can't use Owen Smith because there's like right, a right. Hollywood black man using his thing, you know, so I thought that was kind of funny. But my, uh, I've just kind of had a nickname every like once in a while, different people in my life have called me Jonathan because it's just like a funny nickname on Sean because like, you know, Jonathan shortens to John, but Sean yeah, is yeah. Kind of a unique, stupid name. So <laughs> it's kind of funny to make the nickname longer instead of shortening it. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of just ran with that. I just kind of like tested out a few different little options for like nicknames or little gimmicky names. But I just figured I'd go with my name. 
couldn't go with that. So I went with Jonathan. It was free and available and all the things. So I'm just kind of going with that for now, you know. See, I, see, I figured some people were talk talk shit on people with two first name or two first names. So I, I figured you were just throwing in a third and really just swinging for yeah. the fences. <laughs> I have three first names, uh, Sean, yeah. Scott, Corey. Um, I've kind of in my life, it's, it's kind of been interchangeable, you know. Like growing up in like middle school, there was two other Shans in my school, so I was Corey, right? It's like okay, Corey. So yeah. then on my baseball team, there was two Corys, so I was Sean, right? So it's like my whole life, I've kind of just got back and like forth. Different people call me different names. Like I kind hey, of hey guy. Called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me. <laughs> <Are> you <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I just respond. I just it doesn't matter the name. Yeah. I respond. <laughs> if it's not a name, it's me. Yeah, yeah. That's my new name. I'm just on all the channels. I kind of, I mean, I reverted every Sean B. Planet thing to Jonathan Corey. I'm just trying to change the name over. Andrew J. said you got more names than P. Diddy. <laughs> yeah. I think P. Diddy is trying to catch up to Sean, if I'm not mistaken. His name is Sean as well, you know. That's, Sean C. Uh, yeah, that's also true. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna make you feel bad for Jay Z's name that, is Sean right. too. Uh it is, you're right. Yeah. It's Sean something C. Sean Carter or something. Probably. There's a lot of Sean C's out there that are black men, apparently. Uh, I don't know. My mom my parents didn't get the memo, I guess. <laughs> God forgot to add the melanin, I guess. K.O. Bear said Sean V. Diddy. Sean V. Diddy is the new, <laughs> the new Diddy. Man, I could have gone with that. Like, you still can. That. No one's taking it. It's still open. A rebrand, rebrand. Yeah. <laughs> right, rebrand, right. rebrand. Yeah. Dude, that's what they're doing. That's, that's the new hip thing is just rebranding. <laughs> yeah, like every few months just to keep people on their toes. Like, is right. that the same guy? Or... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I do my live streams every Monday night. I do like a live stream where I usually have like a topic or a guest on. And the themes are kind of basically like morality, family, faith. Uh, my core tenants are faith, family, faith, loyalty, hope. Um, and that's a whole other story. We can maybe get into that later, what those mean. But, you know, I basically just want to like encourage guys to like become better as they witness me on a journey to become better. So it's kind of like my life and me being like, I used to be a piece of crap and now I'm getting myself straightened out. Well, so see, that's one thing that really resonated with me from your uh, stream with Rose, just talking about kind of the um, lack of path that you had been on and then how you were, as you're going through your walk with God now, sharing step-by-step step with other men who are struggling with these same things. Uh, whether they're steps behind you or right where you're at, or maybe a few steps ahead of you, but could still use guidance in other departments. Uh, I think what you're doing is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have it figured out, you know, I like, I correct yeah, myself. None, none of us do. And that's the thing is being able to admit that and yeah. being able to correct yourself yeah. or be corrected is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Being humble is so crucial. It's like our yeah. society, younger generations have just not been taught to do that. It's a lot of arrogance, a lot of pride and, Obviously, we went through the fall, right? And so little to be proud of. Yeah. Well, they're trying. They're trying. Being proud of being humble, yeah. That's right. Woodshop says he's only calling you V Diddy from now on. (laughs) Hilarious. I will accept it. I will accept it. KO throws in Sean of the Woke. (laughs) Fuck Dawn of the Dead is Sean of the Woke. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. You see, I, I wish I would have done this before my rebrand. I could have got some ideas. <laughs> it's never too late to rebrand, brother. It's never too late. <laughs> you, you can put out a new booster for it and everything. Yeah. 
Well, I just sent in my, uh, just like yesterday, I went and sent a letter to BB. First time in a while I've sent him anything and uh, I asked to be re-verified. So it's like, as of yesterday, I'm pretty much considering myself like officially Jonathan Bear, you know? So okay. that's why I'm saying like, man, I wish two days. Yeah, if, you, if you sent the letter, then it's locked in. <laughs> it's locked in for at least, uh, what is it, 90 days? 90, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, um, so you had a stream last night. You say you do Monday nights. Yes. Yeah. So you don't I have to do like full... once in a while, but I try to be pretty regular about that night. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So you don't have to do a full repeat, but do you want to touch on uh, for, for the people that didn't catch that kind of what you were touching on last night? Yeah. Last night. Um, so last three weeks, I did a little you know winter break, and then it was like I came back strong. I hit abortion right away. I saw that. <laughs> that was awesome. And then I talked about abortion, and then I talked about suicide. Because that's part of my like testimony, my story. So it's like that's another pretty impactful, big, touchy topic to talk about. And then last night, which is kind of a theme I've kind of been touching on and like and like putting in my streams and my topics for a while, is like authority and just obeying God, you know, and like how when you disobey God, things don't go well. And when you obey God, you know, you're gonna have battles, you're gonna have struggles, but like your life here and now is gonna be better, but also your eternity is gonna be better. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of also leading me into next week's topic where I'm talking about um, this book, The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates, which shout out to Legion of Bears. It's the uh, book that we read in November as part of my like recruitment challenge into the Legion of Bears. We read this book. And so, you know, last last night I talked about authority, like obeying God, you know, Genesis three, Genesis four, basically the consequences of trying to like seek for yourself instead of just humbling yourself and being obedient to right. god something we're all guilty of for sure right i mean that's a daily struggle you know yeah. everyone, you know and you can get better you can have periods of your life where you do it well but it's just something we all have to fight all, all the time that was another thing that so popped out of your stream with Ro. it's just the uh like i want this i need this and and um kind of trying yeah. to pull away from that and it's tough because right, it's constantly you wake up and just like what do i need what do i want out of today and it's like changing yeah. that changing that's crazy it's tough but once you do, you kind of just like, what does God want today? What does God need me to do? Then your outlook changes, your perspective changes, um, your mentality, everything. I mean, you come out much better than than you do chasing your own your own desires. Yeah, yeah. And that's so. Yeah, again, last night it was kind of like how to obey God correctly, and you know, kind of the consequences for disobeying Him. And next week it's basically the kind of theme, the topic of this book I'm going to be reviewing and talking about is like how as a man, when, when is the right time to disobey? So like you should never be disobeying God, but then there comes a point when like there's people in authority over you in like this hierarchical structure that like you're going to have to stand your ground. You're going to have to disobey. Uh, it's called lesser magistrates because like at some point, like a lesser magistrate's going to have to stand their ground and they have a duty to like reject the demands of the higher magistrates. Um, and it's going to be pretty interesting, pretty deep dive. Nice. Um, and then I have some good guests. I'm going to have Robert coming on. I have some other guests. I have a couple, like, preachers that are going to be coming on in the next few months. A couple, like, conservative, Twitch, famous, semi-famous online people hopefully are coming on my stream. Um, I figured I'd talk a little bit more about politics this year because, like, everyone's going to be talking about politics. Like, I feel like that temperature on the oven is going to be turned up this year with the, you know, stupid election season coming up. And yeah all this trucker stuff and the end of the mandates and just, you know, the uh, crater that's going to be left behind from the madness that was two years ago. So 
I figure I talk sure. about my government and politics, but like, what does God have to say about it? You know, like what, what is it important? Like as a Christian to think about politics, not just the mindless, like truckers and right. Oh, boo AOC. She Cla- said something classic red versus blue something. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's going to be pretty mindless. It's going to be pretty crazy this year, but hopefully I can talk about it in like a more hopeful way, a more like, what is the Christian response to all this stuff? And like, you know, what's our duty as men to do, you know, not just like complaining about it or talking about the pop culture topics and stuff. It's like, what do we actually, like, what's, what's the good that we can do in this, like in the government structure, the civil, civil um, authority, I guess. I'm not saying that right. <laughs> what's our response to the civil authority? You know, what's yeah. our response to authority? What's, what's our role to play? What's our duty? Like, what do we need to be doing? Like obeying or disobeying and, when is it right and just to disobey? And when do we need to just like bite our tongues and like, yeah, give up what we want and do what God needs of us? Well, and that's hugely important because that's another binary that's out there is either I'm not listening to the government. They, they have no control over me or I must listen to the government and they have full control over me. And it's like finding that, no, God has control over the situation. The government really doesn't have any control. I mean, they are... There, there's a structure in place for a reason. Uh, is it abused? Of course it is. Um, is it not yeah. always what's best for the people? Of course. But um, but finding um, your foundation in God and in his word and kind of letting that fractally represent your way of living uh, through whatever the situation, um, I think that's where the main focus lies and sounds like where you're kind of headed in that direction. Yeah. We, I mean, at the end of the day, there is like the objective law of God, right? And human beings who aren't righteous, who want power for themselves, you know, who want to like whatever, control and dominate others and get for themselves at the expense of others, they're going to do whatever they can to make people believe that that, that law is subjective, you know, and that's why everything is so feelings-based and emotions-based and it's all, you know, that whole like tyrannical feminine concept that BB talks about, which is like almost the inevitable result of like when righteous people abandon their responsibilities because like truly righteous people will like form a hierarchy where the top of that pyramid is God. And instead now they're trying to like make it almost like an inverted pyramid. (laughs) And it's all based on like wants and desires and feelings and passions and emotions. And that's tyranny. Like tier, yeah, like and God's at the very support. bottom, if if they're at all. Right. And, you know, the highest authority is the, the government. You know, it's right. like, I, the, you know, and they just have this inclination to twist everything to being um, like subservience to the government. Like your rights come from the government. I think that's kind of like this plague in our society today that like your rights are like a privilege granted to you by the men that created your government. Right. It's like, no, our rights come from God. Yeah, and of course. That is where our, like, that is authority. And basically, men have been given power to kind of like dish that authority out. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I have a whole, I mean, pages worked out for next week about that. <laughs> if you want yeah. to hear my two hour ramblings on the whole topic next week. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just that idea of like getting away from this objective standard, like the fact that there is God's law and everything is below that and works its way up to that at the end of the day. And anything that tries to like destroy that chain 
or get in the way of that chain. Like any man that says, no, I'm the highest authority, like those people need to be resisted or rebelled against or overthrown or whatever. I'm not calling for that. I'm just saying that's, you know, people have a duty at that point to do that. Yeah. You see that with like communist China. I don't know how much you, you know about um, like the Christian rise in China right now, the Christian like fire. <laughs> There's oh. like, I mean, there's literally tens, if not hundreds. It's hard to guess. It's hard to get, get the number and who to trust what the number is. But without a doubt, there's like tens of millions of Christians in China right now. And some put wow. that number at 100 million or even like 150 million. And it's rising. Like there's this revival happening in China. Amazing. Um, and I did a whole stream on that, too, if you want to go back in my feed and look that up. But basically, the government is trying its hardest to put themselves in between these like Christians and God. So they're trying to put this, you know, the communist state right here. Of course. That's what the enemy is constantly doing. They're trying to get in between us and God. But it's like, at the end of the day, it's like impossible. You know, it's like God's going to find a way. The people are going to find a way, you know, if they're truly seeking God, you know. So that's kind of my belief is like the the whole role of religion is, an organized religion is to get in between us and God and to tell us how we can get to God when God already sent his son to tell us how to get to him. Exactly. And it's like exactly. they they negate that, and they're like, "No, you got to know the right words. You got to give gravel for our babble. You got to <laughs> you got to yeah. kiss kiss the crucifix. You got to come confess or whatever the rules of their of your religion." And it's uh, it just takes away from the it's a personal relationship with God, and um, and that's what it's yeah. always been been for me. Um, not that I've been walking with God my entire life, but um, I've I've had trouble going to church or like um feeling in place in the church because it's just it's made it's made, makes more of a group activity out of something that's supposed to be very personal um yeah. and not not saying anything against churches I'm, i know there's some great churches out there um that people find community and find hope in but um but at the end of the day your relationship with god is your relationship with god and um anything that gets in between that or anything that you feel like you have to use as a vector to get there is is definitely the enemy kind of working its way in between yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, church attendance is great. You should strive to do it, but that's not it. You know what I mean? That's that's not your life as a Christian. Right. Well, there's people, people who, who think that's that. their ticket for the week to continue living there however they want. Right. You know? <laughs> they check yeah. the box and call themselves good. You know, they feel good because the worship music's good, and they, they exactly. think like, "Oh, I obeyed one day, so I'm good." You know. Yeah. But it's more important to be in prayer, in the word, fasting. You know, there's spiritual disciplines that you need to be doing throughout the week. And oh, yeah. church attendance is one of them. <laughs> but people confuse it as like the only thing, you know. Or right. Church rituals are fine. They're good. You know, if they're helping you, you and your relationship with God, that's great. But that's not the only thing. And like you said, it's like that inward connection. It is inward prayer. It's It's inward. It's your heart and God, you know. We don't, you know, have to go to the temple and have the priest communicate for us to God anymore. Well, and that's you know, what God, a lot of people forget is that he's inside of us. That you don't have to go somewhere to find him. You don't have to speak to someone to speak to him to have your people reach out to his people. It's just kind of like you're reaching within. A lot of people are looking outward and not realizing that you've got God inside you through, through the spirit or however you want to look at it. And you have the devil inside of you, too. We all have that. Uh, you know, yin and yang, if you will, that good side and dark side and whatever you feed is what you're going to get out of it. And um, I think a lot of people forget that as well. They're just like constantly, whether it's literally feeding themselves poison or watching or listening to poisonous uh, stuff and then wondering why their life sucks. 
and yeah. wonder, wondering why they're getting all this shit, um, yeah. not realizing that if they are more careful about what they feed themselves, both physically and spiritually, then uh, that makes a huge difference in itself. Uh, but they kind of expect God to do the work, and they're like, I can still treat yeah. myself like shit. I can still trash his temple, and um, and then he'll he'll clean it up for me when that's not the case at all. Yeah, and that's another yeah. thing. I feel like a lot of us are guilty of is thinking that God will will fix it. It's like without us having to really put in the work. So, all right, well, if I pray hard enough about it, then He'll take care of it. Like that's part of it. Like you said, like going to church is part of it, but you can't just focus on one of these things and think that that's going to make it all better. You got to be willing to put into it. You got to be willing to fail. You got to be willing to. I mean, like the Book of Job. Like he continued to take hit after hit after hit, and. um and he stuck with God and was like, you know what? I'm going to keep trusting you. Eventually you're going to get me to where you want me to be. And, and um, I think a lot of people struggle with that. And, and it's, it's meant to be a daily struggle. It's not something that once you figure it out, you figured it out. You never got to deal with it again. But, um, but at least realizing that is huge. And um, it makes your walk a little easier to maintain. And you're not constantly tripping and over everything that's in your way. You kind of learn how to navigate through some of this stuff. Yeah. I like how Paul kind of routinely refers to it as like a marathon and you have to keep walking. You have to keep running that race. Right. Yeah. So no matter how much progress you make, you can't stop. It's a marathon. Like you have to keep going. Right. Your marathon is over when your life is over. You know, you can't just be like, that's good enough. I've done, I've done a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> Look how much progress I've made. I'm good right here. It's like, no, you have to keep going. Wherever that's constant you walk, progress. You yeah. still have to go. Yeah. You still have to walk forward. Yeah. You know, I like that idea of like, um, I see like on memes and like little video clips and stuff where people are like, you know, I prayed for strength. And instead of God giving me strength, he gave me battles to fight that made me stronger. Yeah. You know, I prayed for wisdom and like God gave me books to read. That would he gave me, me a math to test that I couldn't pass to save my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's like, it's like, a, you know, it's a meme. It's a little video. It's like, oh, cool. Okay. Next, you know, you swipe up and watch the next video or whatever. But that is like very profound wisdom. Like God's not going to just solve your problems for you, yeah. but he will provide you a way. Like he will provide you the path. He will open the door for you. You're going to have to walk through it. For sure. <laughs> you pray for the right door to open at the right time and you're still going to have to walk through it. You know? Yeah. You're when still I've, caught myself and I've caught myself at times like hesitating to ask for strength because I know what it takes to get it. It's not yeah. something that's just going to be handed to me. It's like, careful what you ask for because you're going to be put through some shit in order to earn it. And so not to say to hesitate to pray for the things that you need, but just yep. know, know that you need to know that, you know, it's not like he's going to have this hand wrapped thing for you on your birthday and then you're going to be all better. Like he's going to make you work for it. And there's going to be times where you're having to work so hard for it that you feel like he's not there, but he always is. And keeping that in mind, even in the, in the toughest times, um, that was one of the things I had written down, written down in my notes actually. Um, is blessings from the mistakes we make. Um, I think you, you had touched on something, something similar to that. And um, I think a lot of people get hung up on their mistakes, but stopping to realize that they're learning experiences and, and taking what you can from them, and uh, whether it's the strength to, to complete the next task or the know-how to get through something in the future or, or what have you, um, finding blessing and, and even the negative things that happen to us um, I've touched on blessing through trauma before, but it's kind of the same thing. Um, trauma or mistakes, um, any kind of negativity that people kind of let pull them down into these dark pits. Um, 
it's just like going to the gym and, and, and working out until you're like, I can't even walk anymore. Like I can't lift my arms. And it's like, well, in a month, you're going to notice a huge difference. You keep doing this. You keep staying persistent. You keep pushing yourself constantly. Then it pays off. Um, but you, you are inevitably going to go through that time where you can't lift your arms. You can't walk, you know, like you, you're having to push yourself in order to get better. And if you're not going to, then, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's my life is like, I didn't have God in my life for 27 years and it was crazy and chaotic and term, term like turmoil and trauma and mistakes and all of this. And I look back and it's like, I wouldn't change a second of it. Right. I'm so thankful that like I encountered Christ in my life was transformed as a result, but it's like, I can look back at all of that and be like, man, I'm never going to do that again. And it's like, I have the, I can feel what evil's like. I can smell the devil, you know, because I was so comfortable there. I was like in the office for so long. Oh yeah. yeah, It smells like (laughs) (laughs) sodomy, you know, (laughs) burnt burnt Indian hair wrapped in a diaper. But when you know the darkness, it's easy to know when you're drifting back into darkness. You know, when you've gone through trauma and you've like overcome it, you've come out on the other side. <clears throat> not only are you not going to be like subject to that same trauma or similar trauma, you're going to like see it coming and be able to like run away from it or overcome it. But then also to like help other people. You can look at other people struggling through things you struggle through and give them that reassurance. That's where testimony is huge. And I yeah. know myself yeah. and a lot of, a lot of people are extremely grateful for what you're doing in that regard as well. Cause yeah. the testimony is, is gigantic. I mean, we, we go through these struggles and when you go through them, it's like, this is the hardest, worst time in my life. I don't know how I could ever survive this. And then you talk to one person or five people, or you start realizing other people have not only been through similar situations, but there's even people that have been through your exact same situation. Yeah. And then you're looking at them like, there's no way you've been through what I went through. And they're like, no, I have. I've been through a little worse, and I, I pushed through it to get to where what you see today. And, yeah. uh, and that's huge. And that's one thing I've been kind of trying to. You know, when I got asked to do this, uh, to be in this position on, on here, I, I was looking forward to it. I knew it would be a great time. It would be fun. But I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't think, I didn't foresee it being so testimonial. But that's become one of my favorite parts about this is getting testimonies from each and everybody I have on here. And again, like when I was, I've said this to other bears I've had on, when I was in my 20s, you know, I was so far from God that if someone said, hey, when you're in your 30s, you're going to be talking about God on a weekly basis with people you hardly know. <laughs> I'd have been like, okay, well, you're fucking ridiculous. Like there's no chance. And now it's just like, that's my favorite part, man. It's just, um, I mean, we have great laughs. There's gravy, you know, all, there's awesome people in the chat every week. But hearing those stories and those, um, that motivation and that reassurance that it's not over, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and there's been people on here that I've had that were going through a bad week when they came on here. I've, I've hosted yeah. streams where I had a bad week. But you know what? There's something about this community and just about God in general that just pulls you out of it when you need it the most. And I'm forever grateful for every single person in this chat, you included, um, and a lot of people <laughs> that aren't here right now. Because that's just, I mean, that's one thing that makes our community uh, bulletproof, you know, is, is the fact that we all have each other to, to lift up in the times where we need it the most. There's zero judgment. Uh, when there is judgment, those people quickly kind of phase themselves out of the community. Um, cause that's not who we are as a community. And, um, and it starts showing itself pretty clearly right away. Yep. Yeah. That's why fellowship is so important, you know, whether it be in person or this, this online community or video chats or whatever, 
Um, there's this awesome book called The Sayings of the Desert Fathers. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't. Kind of these, uh. these monks in like, I want to say like 250, 275, like basically like right as the Roman Empire was about to convert to Christianity, but they were still like persecuting Christians. All these people, like these really ascetic, you know, really righteous men of God in, in Egypt basically like retreated from the cities and into like the caves and the deserts and basically just became monks. You know, the whole idea is they were just like super literal about the Bible, following God, constant prayer, living aesthetically, like just enough food to survive, prayer like 20 hours a day, you know. And there's like these sayings because like the Romans would find out about these people, go and like encounter them and like write their stories down or write their quotes down. So it's a great book to read. You're like, whoa, these guys get it, you know? But at <laughs> yeah. the same time, like, they're missing it. And you can tell, like, in some of the stuff they're reading, like, it's really good insights and it's really good, like, motivation, too. But also, like, they're totally missing fellowship. You know, they're kind of like Doomer in a sense. Like, not completely, but, like, they're kind yeah, of, I like, see what you mean. Tell they're alone. You can tell they're, like, kind of missing something. They're searching for something. Life. And it's I mean, that. I don't, it's I don't, want, don't want to hate on, on abundance of prayer, but if you're having to pray 20 hours a day, you're you're chasing something that you can't find, <laughs> yeah. I would guess. And I don't want to make claims, you know, but that's how it seems to me as an outsider. When it's like they're just constantly talking about all this demonic warfare, they're constantly being attacked. And, like, that makes sense. Like, if you're over the target, right, if you're truly living, like, as Jesus is telling you to live, like, you're going to be attacked still. Yeah. But you can tell, like, they're, like, almost uniquely attacked, and you can almost tell, like, they don't really have an outlet. They're just talking about it and thinking about it and stewing on it, and Satan is just in their head 24-7 because they don't have this. They don't have a community of believers to be like, man, I'm going through this problem, or, hey, you've gone through this problem, like, can you help me? Or, like, this kind of, like, bond, this relationship that gets formed. Yeah. Um, just that lack of fellowship, like even these people who are super insightful, like they get it, they're right, their heart is just totally Christian, you know, it's like undeniable. They're fighting off satanic attacks that are probably some of the hardest out there, you know, but they still just like are missing it because they don't have fellowship. They don't have community, you know, and it I think sounds, that sounds a lot like a certain people. tribe that uh, yeah. <laughs> is constantly chasing and being like chased, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> But that's, I mean, I think that's, you know, in First John, John of Patmos, one of my, like, favorite, you know, I'll always say, I think John of Patmos might have been the greatest human to ever live that wasn't named Jesus Christ, you know? And that's why God, that's why he was the one that Jesus loved the most. And in his writings, you can tell he puts a strong emphasis on fellowship. And he really is like, like his, his writings, you know, First John, Second John, Third John, he's writing to a church that's basically doing fellowship wrong. And he's correcting them. He's like, this is what a Christian believes. This is how Christians interact with each other this is what we need to be doing like together as a church. It's not me. It's not you. It's not these individuals. It's us. How do we as a church worship God? How do we as a church communicate? How do we as a church form ourselves together? You know? Um, and I just think it's really important. You know, if people like that are writing about the importance of it, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's important, you know? Right. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's crucial. And then the reason I brought all that up is like, you can tell, you know, it's like, you don't even need someone to explain it to you. You know, in your heart, that's the case. Like when you go to a church, even like, you know, I go to some churches and I'm like, okay, these guys are kind of, you know, you can just kind of tell these guys are a little off. They're a little gravelled. You know, you go to some mega church, you're like, yeah, it just feels gross, you know. But then also like, if you meet like a handful of the people from that church and you go to lunch and you're laughing and you're, sh you're relating, you're sharing. They're, your they're there for the right, for the right reason, even though they might be in the wrong yeah. place. Yeah. 
But it's like th- that just that community of Christians is so crucial, even if like the bigger picture, the bigger C church or whatever, the bigger church itself, the bigger, you know, American Christians or whatever is like lost and broken. We aren't, you know, you and your neighbor might not be, you and your family might not be like, there's still small pockets of the church that get it. <laughs> and it's important for us to like have communion with each other and fellowship with each other. And you can just feel it when that happens. Well, you, you need, need that. You need that, that. You need that at the top of the church, at the head of the church, and a lot of times that's missing. And it's like you said, you have these pockets within the church. But if that pocket could be what's leading the rest of the congregation, then I think you'd have a lot more successful. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for not a turnout, but you know, what I mean, like um, it, it, people are getting more out of it than, than they should be. Um, and when you have someone leading from that position instead of um, just kind of like you said, kind of going out to lunch afterwards and be like, all right, like, let's let's revisit what that guy was trying to, to say because he didn't quite <laughs> hit it the way we needed him to, you know. Now, what did, what did he miss on that? Yeah. Right. What did he want to say, but he couldn't? Yeah, exactly. I've had that happen. There, there was a church here I worked for in Nashville, a big mega church, you know, and they have this separate kind of like, like separate church for young people. Um yeah. And it's real, you know, it's, it's pretty much like a Christian worship concert for young kids, you know, and then there's a sermon and stuff, but it's like, they really focus on like the light shows and the, the artists and their, you know, the singers that are like on Instagram and they're like wearing like Carhartt stuff. That's never Fancy been sweated pants. Yeah. Never been sweated <laughs> like in. The right. Exactly. Stirs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the ripped jeans and stuff, you know, yeah, so it's course. kind of one of those, you know, and like the preacher like would come out and there's a new preacher now, but the one we went to for like the last couple of years, just, you know, like a weak man, you know, he has a, he's a family man. You can tell he's like a good, pretty good father and he gets it. Like he's theologically smart, theologically sound and his message would be pretty good, but he'd also like kind of try to be too funny and try to make too much like pop culture jokes and like cry too much. That was my big complaint was I would always turn to my girlfriend and be like, he's crying again. (laughs) (laughs) Again. It's like, again would be the key. And it was like literally. And then the next week, Oh, he's crying again. (laughs) But like when you kind of take a step back, you're like, dude, this guy also does kind of get it. And he is like giving good advice. Like he is kind of, he would talk about like porn, you know, which is something young people need to hear. He wouldn't shy away from some of those touchy subjects. But it's also like you do kind of at the after afterwards be like, okay, besides that little emotional part you had there, it was pretty good. He's just just really committed. Yeah. (laughs) talk about some of the things you got right in there but let's also not just like gloss over and forget about you know that yeah. joking about how everyone should be watching netflix on a netflix right. show like yeah. you know like eh, let's leave that part out right right exactly <laughs> but it's something like that like you and your like you and your community can still get stuff out of that if you're having that discernment and you're like having those conversations afterwards and you're not too scared to be like yeah i get this guy's my pastor so i'm not just gonna like blindly follow him and repeat his nonsense you know I'm going to see what's good and like also like call out what's bad and, you know, in your community, in your little pockets within the church. <laughs> what shop just said, have you ever hated porn so much that you cry? Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah. it makes me start to wonder if he's crying because he's hiding his shame of actual love for porn while he's telling you to hate porn. And I'm not accusing your pastor. Yeah. I'm just saying there are not situations that, yeah. where it's like, Oh, he's not let's my pastor. Let's Feel see the free. pastor's phone. And uh, he's like, no, no, hold on, hold on. Delete, 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 delete here. Here's my sermon. Oh, yeah. wait, that's not my sermon. Hold on, delete, delete, delete. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like that. Like, um, 
you know, and then I go to now, like my girlfriend is Church of Christ. So we've been going to Church of Christ churches. And I always feel like we've gone to like three or four now. Every time, like the preaching is just spot on. Like the theology sound, like everything's great. But like the church structure is a little legalist, you know? So there's like even like something. And then we last week we went to this other church in town, Zeal. And it's kind of the same thing we're talking about. It's like the whole crowd is like 20-year-olds. They're all dressed up like they're going to an Instagram photo shoot. Light shows, folk real loud music you know Fog the, pastor, like, the pastor like literally had like a chain on <laughs> and just, like you know 300 dollars haircut and he's like really trying to be funny and so my, my girlfriend like is pretty based you know so we're like looking at each other the whole time like yikes is he really doing this in the middle of the sermon um sure so churches like that it's like i kind of like that they're not like as legalistic and like crazy about their rituals and it's a little more like loose and like then you can tell like i mean they're doing something right because they're getting young people to show up to church on sunday morning right like that's yeah. not really something that you see a lot in the american church you know no sunday yeah, morning is typically a hangover time for most of the youth yeah i mean that's what i was telling my girlfriend is it's like yeah that's I, i'm not gonna be a part of this church you know it's like i can tell the leadership is pretty weak and it's all like emotion based and it's all about being cool and popular and they're you know even in their sermons they're talking about like church growth and like numbers for the sake of numbers but like they're doing something right you know and then on the other hand like these other places i go i'm like dude this this preacher gets it but like church attendance is pretty low and there's not a lot of young people there there's not a lot of children so there's like signs that's like well the fruit's not really there, even though, like, the preaching's great. So right. I just think every church kind of has, like, it, it struggles with some aspect of it. You know, the it's leadership. Those misses, the yeah. yeah, there's, like, I mean, no one's doing it perfect, you know? So just kind of, at the end of the day, as long as you are, like you said earlier, like, as long as you personally are seeking God with all your soul, soul heart, mind, and strength, at the end of the day, that's what's important, you know, you and your family. And as long as you can find people within that church that are like sharing that struggle and sharing that burden and that story with you and like having that community with you, I think that's important. And yeah. You can go to the most graveled church ever as long as you and your people at the end of it, like recognize how graveled it is. And you're not wrong. I don't think it really matters if you're like going to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can still get great things out of those churches. You know, you can walk away with great message, even if it was, kind of grappled here and there with other stuff that you don't really agree with um, or at part of a congregation that you don't really connect with as long as you're kind of getting what you went there to, to obtain or to, to get out of it, you know, um, then you walk away feeling good about it. And that's, that's what, what counts, you know? And then from there, again, it's your personal relationship and you kind of carry it on as you will. Uh, uh, as you will is probably not the best way to word that. I'm not like it as thou wilt kind of thing, but <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, per your situation, per your yeah. walk with God and where the hell you are at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's the church, right? We are the church. Like, me and you are the church, right? At yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, this, this is church right now. We got 26 right. people, including you and I. <laughs> right. And, like, you know, I, I just think that's why I don't, and I get in these debates because where I'm at and my friends and my communities, my Bible study, like where I'm at is all Protestants, right? It's all like Baptists and Church of Christ. and But like online, I mean, I'm like in fellowship with Orthodox and Catholics, you know, yeah. all types of people from all denominations. Because like 
this, what we're talking about. It's like we can get together online and like fellowship and like have debates and conversations. But like at the end of the day, like we're together, we're like talking right now, like the bears, you know, how many different denominations of, of Christians are bears, but we come together and we talk about like gravy and interesting stuff. There's at least 33 different denominations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just got I just got two how dare yous, so I'm gonna backtrack on the this is a church. I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pastor. This feels like a church. We are this is somewhat awesome. congregating and talking about Christ, which the Bible says anytime two or more people, as you know, meet in his name, that is your church. So right. uh, small C church, not big C church. I had to cover those how dare yous. <laughs> I, I was gonna let the first how dare you slide by Longbow, but then plain room I just had on last week. Hit me with a bear church. Oh, oh. so I, yeah. Oh, yeah. How, dare, <laughs> how dare you, those how dare you, you know? Yeah, how, how double dog this, double dog this. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just think at the end of the day, like, if your heart is in the right place, like what someone said earlier, like, if you, what matters is you seeking God. What matters is you, your heart seeking a personal relationship, a reunion with your creator. That's all that matters. 100%. And where you go on Sunday, I mean, fine, go, go be a Catholic, go do the, the rituals and do the stuff. That's fine. But the other six days a week, like, can we just like have fellowship as Christians, like with our hearts totally focused on seeking what's good, true and beautiful. Like, okay, like I'm not going to go to church with you on Sunday. And yeah, we're not, we aren't calling ourselves or branding ourselves the same thing, but like, this isn't gang war, you know, it's like, we're, right, we're all, church. we're all in our walks, yeah. you know, we're all walking towards yeah. the same place yeah. more or less, you know? So, yeah, I mean, most of, I mean, I'd say half of my friends online that I call Christians that are like legitimate friends I fellowship with are like Catholics. And I see no problem with that at all. And then in real life, like my Protestant friends in my real life, like in Bible studies, just bash Catholics. They hate Catholics. They're like, Catholics are lost. They're not even Christians. And it's just like, dude, do you even like interact with them? Like, yeah, like you're looking at Catholics like Big C Church, like the, the church, and you're seeing like the arguments from the outside made against the Catholic Church, and you're buying into that. But have you ever like fellowship with a Catholic? Have you ever like gone to coffee and like heard him out and like what his life and what his journey's like and his spiritual right. walk? Like you're probably going to change your mind. You know? <laughs> same, same with same with the whole Muslim spell. Um, it's the exactly. same thing. It's like you anybody you run into, it's like all oh, Muslims are bad. It's like have you ever talked to one? Oh no! Why would I talk to a Muslim? I just kill him. Like, no. first of all, you wouldn't. You wouldn't do that. You would cower because you wouldn't know what to do in that situation. But second of all, if you take five minutes to have a conversation, you realize you're not all that different. Like, like Owen said, I mean, like the the whole idea of war has kind of died out now. It's like everyone in the world doesn't matter what country you're in. They want their kids to be happy. They want them to be raised by their mother. Uh, they want their family to be safe, protected, fed, you know, and be able to do fun shit on the weekends. You know, it's, uh, I mean, we're all kind of living the same life in different variants, but um, we all kind of want the same thing out of life, more or less. And um, it's just, again, that whole, the idea of religion um, is, as, it's almost a way to try and break us from from the unity that we could all have from our different walks with God, you know. Um there's, there's no, I mean, the, the bear community is a perfect example that you can have people from different religions, quote unquote, um, walking together and, and, and conversing and, and learning from each other, um, with, without being like, no, you're wrong. Like your religion's wrong. Like we, we all realize that our religion, quote unquote, whatever you tag yourself with 
there are flaws. There are things that people can't stand about it. There's people, there's things that you might not even stand about it. You know, I know that there's a lot of problems with Christianity that Christians have. And there's a lot of things about Christianity that have driven Christians out of the church, myself being one. And, and a lot of people in this chat, I'm sure, are the same thing. And um, But that's not a reason to give up or to shun out a certain group. You know, you got to – it's about having those smaller connections. And then as those build stronger, they start to resonate, and then that's where it kind of grows. But you try and go at a whole group, and you're never going to accomplish anything. Yep. I don't want to say yeah, that. Yeah, so if you want to go back in my feed, I have a whole, um, my whole thoughts about like Islam and Muslims and how <laughs> the Christian response to them. But yeah, I, I mean, the way I view Muslims, like Muslims, like are basically they're Christians who have not yet received the Holy Spirit, right? They know the Father, they know the obedience of them, they know Jesus, they know all about Jesus. They're just, you know, and as a Christian, it's like they, you just understand they're not fully there yet. Does that make them like your enemy that deserves to be slaughtered and killed? No. It means they're a person that you need to help out. That it's a person that's seeking God. They're just like their path is like going in the wrong direction. So how do you as a Christian correct that path? But what so if you can get opium off of them? Does that change things? The what? If you can get opium from them, does that change the situation? <laughs> Steal or buy, yeah. Right. <laughs> But that's how, like, everyone should be viewed, even, like, atheists, even people who are, like, wicked, like, people who are just, like, totally opposed to you. They're lost. Like, they're still God's children. Right. Like, they're just, it's your job to lead them back to God, right? Like, if you are there, if your walk is great, if you are found, especially someone who has been lost and is now found, you should know, too, this person's lost, and I can help lead them to being found like I was, Right. Yeah. Like they don't, they're not back at the father yet. Let me help them get there. Yeah. It shouldn't be viewed as my enemy that I need to like never talk to and or harm or threaten or kill. It needs to be viewed as like, this is someone who is lost. They're living in darkness. How do I bring the light to them? Yeah. And it almost becomes like a well, game a strategy. Like what's the right words to say? What's the right relationship to build? Right. What do I do to make this person change their mind? You know? And everyone's different. There's different personalities and cultures and tribes and races and religions or whatever. Like, there's different strategies you're going to take, but the end goal should be like, if this person is lost, if you're looking at this person, you're like, I really think that if you're going to die, like, it's not going to be good. Your eternity is going to be suffering. It's going to be a disconnection from you and your creator. How then do I find a way to reunite you with your creator? Yeah. It shouldn't be like, F you, I'm never talking to you. Get out of my face. I'm going to kill you. The game should be, how do I spread that truth, that light, that love to you? How do I get you back to the way towards God, your creator? And I yeah, mean, and, and, when you're just like, screw them, kill them, don't want to <laughs> with them, you know? Yeah. Well, also knowing the difference between leading and like leashing them. Like you don't want to drag them, you know, like they have to be willing. But you lead by example, if, if by nothing else, you know? Um, cause even that, I mean, you have someone who's miserable and as far away from God as they think they can be. And they look up and see that you're not miserable, that you're living a life where you don't let all these things bother you. You don't like your, your whole walk is different. Your whole demeanor, the way you carry yourself. And, and that alone can resonate with somebody to want to approach you and say, Hey, there's something about you that I can't wrap my mind around. Like what? what is it and then that's when you it opens the door but um i think a lot of people have kind of 
try to been dragged into like you need this like or this is your like shoving their nose in their sin and like look what you've done you know like you can't approach it that way or it's just gonna chase them off further right and i I feel like that's what what chased a lot of us out of church when we were younger it's just that (laughs) that whole like um that whole you know like you're you're sinning like you you're just making you feel bad about what you've done instead of making it clear that these are things we all as humans go through and there is a way through it. There is a way out of it. Um, there is a way past it and, um, and not so much shaming and, and where you've been, but, but providing a view of what's to come, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's a, um, we were actually talking about this last week, my Bible study, one of my good friends now, um, we kind of did some trauma bonding last year at this job. You know, two Christians, we were kind of iron sharpens iron out there, like going through hell, working for this crazy man. And we had a lot of coworkers that would just come and go. Like basically my boss's philosophy was just hire someone. If the job is insane and crazy and they're going to quit, but we'll just bring in more bodies. Like just bring in bodies. They're going to fall out. Some will stay. Just keep bringing in bodies and they'll fall out. And it's all these just young men looking for a summer job. So me and this guy, Trey, he's been on my live stream before. If you want to check that one out, um, Trey Bonds, um, last November, I think he was on. And it was just totally two different, like, evangelist strategies, two different disciple strategies totally. So, like, he's this guy. He's, like, a, like a former Marine, real just brash, real, like, extrovert. And he would just slap me. He'd be like, why are you a degenerate? Get your crap together. Stop <laughs> believing in God, you dummy. Like, you know, I'm I'm not using the curse words he would use. <laughs> but it's yeah. just like a slap in the face. Like, stop being an idiot. Like, go return to God. Read your Bible. Stop being a degenerate piece of crap. And, you know, most people are going to, like, turn away from that. Like, most people, like, these little, like, kids, these little 20-year-old kids that are, like, godless are, like, all right, dude, just stay away from me. Like, stop talking to me. <laughs> right, relax. But one, of, but one of them, it worked. Like, one yeah. could actually was like, you know what? Like, it kind of slapped some sense into him. Like, you know what? I've called myself a Christian my whole life, and I just realized, like, I've never even read the Bible. So now this kid, like, because he's getting, like, slapped in the face by someone. Some people need that. He needed it. Like, this one kid was exactly the kid that needed to hear that. And so then, then me on the side, so same job, same place, same kids, I'm more like, I'll build a relationship with you. I'll hear your story out. I'll start turning the conversation into a gospel conversation, you know. I'll start, like, kind of, you know, if we're talking about sports, kind of slowly start transitioning into, like, why it's important to be obedient to God, you know. And, like, that wouldn't work on, like, a kid that, you know, like like the kid Hunter who's now reading his Bible because my friend Trey was slapping slapping him in the face with, like, the need for God. That kid probably wouldn't have listened to me if I was, like, taking my time and being patient and gentle and, transitioning a conversation intellectually into a gospel conversation but like these other kids over here that wouldn't respond to trey's tactic they're now listening to me they're now having like long conversations with me and like now they're kind of being like that makes a lot of sense you know you so i think like everyone's like personality is just different like the end goal is like how do we return lost people to their father but like the tactics used are just going to vary like sometimes people do need to be slapped in the face and sometimes people need to be like intellectually led there and sometimes people need to have like emotions like compassion and love and emotional like bonding lead them there you know so it's just kind of like a big chess match of like how do you lead this last person to the light and i think yeah. it's just been different strategies and people are different and they're going to be led there in different ways sometimes they have to just completely do it on their own sometimes like you can lead them by the hand there you know i think it just varies but 
the M oh, yeah, 110%. take the lost and bring you know have them be found. Take those in the darkness and bring them to the lights in one way. And it's just not going to be a clear cut um, rubric, I guess. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. What if it was, Woodshaw just, you know? just said LeBron is LeBron is strong, but have you heard? You know who's stronger? Samson. <laughs> Classic <laughs> diversion. Awesome. Until you cut the hair. Until you uh, let a harlot near your hair. Yeah. You know? Jeez, yeah, that's <laughs> over. <laughs> that's what I tell my my girlfriend is a cosmetologist, so she cuts hair. And so she's always trying to cut my hair and cut my Don't beard. let her. She'll take your face. I learned from Samson. Samson <laughs> That's right, right here in the Bible. Don't let a woman do your hair. You're testing me, right? If you don't go, so I've got my hair a little long. Not I'm only like, gay, but you will lose your strength. <laughs> woman, get back! Get away right, from my hair! Right. <laughs> Put Hilarious. those scissors down. Yeah. Right. I know what you're going to do with those, and it's not cut my hair. You're cutting a lot more than my hair. <laughs> yeah. Cutting my Achilles tendon. Yeah. No thanks. I'm not gay. Right. My hair, my hair will be long. Woodshop yeah. says he cut all his hair off so no woman can ever weaken him. I I think that sounds counterproductive, but I'm gonna let it slide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to I'll I'll destroy myself before someone else can destroy me. Skillet Bear says the strength is in the beard. That is accurate. Yeah. Yeah, I recently did shave the beard. I was I was growing it out, and it just got a little too too long. And I was trying to like shape it up, but I just kind of went too too far on one side. So I was like, ah, now I got to just even it out short. But I was yeah. liking it a lot. I was liking it a long. Yeah, there's no such thing as too long. It's just about keeping it maintained because it does. Mine will get like bushy out and crazy. I'll uh, I don't want to get sleep on it. Wanna... Now it's like, oh yeah, you wake up and it's like <laughs> it looks like you're in a windstorm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Woodshop says that he didn't know you were gay. Wow. Yeah, I'm on TikTok, man. Don't you have to be gay? <laughs> he actually, he actually said at the beginning of this that you're his favorite person on TikTok. All right, on yeah, shout out. You're, you're that's probably also, also you're going up against a, a ton of gays on on TikTok. So <laughs> your competition isn't super strong, but you are crushing. Yeah. Dude, I'm yeah, not gonna lie. I was cracking um, up at some of your TikToks. The uh, the one about the rock with the rock going on and like about tricking men into looking stupid <laughs> I, I probably watched it like 10 times in a row and just kept laughing harder and harder i love those i was gonna keep doing it um i was kind of debating like is do you just play it out if you do more of those you know it doesn't like, no, not at all yeah don't don't, like don't do it every day but even once a week it's hilarious <laughs> the, the uh the uh, the polio vaccine one got me too it was hilarious yeah I probably yeah, basically just turning just moves now, into but, you know. funny content. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but I do like that trend. I get stuck on that trend. Like sometimes on TikTok, like uh, COD put me on to like dad jokes. So you just start like, it's just so addicting. Just like listen to all these dad jokes. And some are like really funny, you know. Some are stupid, you know. But the one I like, the little like rabbit hole I go down is the uh, male audience. So that's the one you're referring to. Are these videos? It's like this is for my male audience. And it basically it's just a bunch of videos of dudes like picking up sheets of ice that are just like perfectly oh, yeah, and, like breaking them. Yeah. <laughs> the one you're talking about where he kicks a rock and it just rolls like down a hill and it's just so like as a man, and I was telling my girlfriend because I'm showing her some of these videos. Like as a man, you're just like, whoa, you know, <laughs> where is it going? Where are you going? <laughs> it's so cool. And like my girlfriend's like, this is so dumb. Like, why are you watching this? You know? 
Like, go to the next video. Go to something funnier. You know, go look at someone dance or do no, a no, funny No, no, no. Hold on. Like, let me let me reangle yeah. the phone. Maybe you're not seeing it properly. <laughs> yeah. Just making any excuse you can to keep showing it. Like, did you not see how that ice broke like that? That's so crazy. Right. You know? <laughs> like, just men are just so simply entertained by stuff like that, like natural wonders and stuff. And uh, yeah. we don't need as much entertainment and thought put into like their videos and their entertainment, I guess. That's right. See, I got rabbit holes. I just look at all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff, yeah. Yeah, I found a. Um, so I like. Uh, I used to listen to a lot more than I do now, but I used to like tool a lot. And I found a hilarious pocket of the internet, which is blacks reacting to Tool for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever have the chance to do that on YouTube, you will laugh really hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking do-rags, braids, <laughs> chains, whatever. Just like, yeah. these guys, these guys are different. These guys get it. And then by the end, they're just like, this is my new favorite shit. Yeah. And then they go right back to listening to fucking Five Chains or what the fuck ever. <laughs> Yeah, I've, but, seen, um, I've just seen it with Tool, but I've seen it with like Leonard Skinner and CC. And, yeah, they, I mean, really, and they start yeah, out like, that's oh, just one white, white stuff, and then they put the headphones on, and they're like, oh man, who kept this from me? You know? Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> I've never heard about this before. Yeah, yeah, they're hysterical. The react, and I never thought that like I would get a kick out of reaction videos, but oh man, some of them were too funny to pass up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love those. What shot? He said like, that's one of his favorite pockets. He's been there. It's funny because black people are real entertaining and reactive like that. But just in general, just seeing someone who's like their niche is something and then they just find something else that they never would have like found on their own. Like thanks to the Internet. Right. And I just love that. Like, they're, whoa. Yeah. What is it? It's like the whole street magic thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very similar. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes the internet can be a great place, you know? It's yeah. not all debauchery and degeneracy. And well, and I, and I always <laughs> say it's a, it's a tool like anything else. It's just how you use it, you know? You can use it for yep. good, you can use it for evil, you can use it to relax, you can use it to stress <laughs> yourself the fuck out. Um, whatever whatever you desire, you can find it in your, your little black mirror that you have in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They, when they went, find someone said they went nuts over Sublime. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And that's great. Yeah, the t- I, I, I feel that way with TikTok. Like, TikTok is 80% just horrible. And then 20% is great. Like, there's many sermons on there. There's, like, Bible studies. People do, like, those live videos, and it's, like, Bible studies they'll be doing. Or, you know, and then there's also live videos of, like, disgusting, gross people doing gross things, you know, just for the attention or the clicks or whatever. Oh, yeah. um it's mindless stuff but you can really sift through and then like classical learner bear when he was on my stream was telling me you know you can really edit the algorithms like when videos pop up that's just stuff you really don't want there's like things you can click like i'm not interested in this i don't want to see stuff like this and over time like you just groom like your feed to just be like it, it custom tailors it to, to what you like yeah yeah and it really is like that. I mean, it's if you're sifting out the nonsense, like it is actually, there's a lot of people crushing on TikTok, you know, Woodshop oh, yeah. doing like live feed videos and like people find them. Like, I think, I forget the numbers, but he had like tens of thousands, if not like a hundred thousand people watching him, like make a wood bowl, you know? Well, I wasn't going like to bring this up, but I heard uh, through the grapevine that Woodshop makes his wife uh, wash it from thousands of different accounts to boost his numbers up. <laughs> Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Why do you think he got that iPad? That He's like, sense. we need more devices. We need more accounts, more devices. 
what's the max amount of counts per device? <laughs> There's a room of phones. Yeah, I mean, you seen that? I've seen that before. Like the Chinese government has that. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Where it's like a wall of phones, and they have they like pay people to like do that, like hit like on the same video. Over that's, what he's gonna, that's what he's got. That's what he's got. Blanket Bear doing. I I pray for her daily that she gets out of that situation. Yeah, and just gets back to making blankets because she is. She's in that room, just hitting the screens. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. He means he means well. He's really just trying to get his wood turning out there, which I don't I don't blame him. It's great stuff. But that's it, you know. I mean, TikTok. It's like how do you go viral on TikTok? Like, be a hot girl, dance around, lip sync to some videos, do the like mimic the videos that other people are doing that goes viral. Or you can be like Woodshop Bear and just like crush out some like beautiful wood bowls. Like you're showing time lapses of you making this like magnificent work of art, and right. then that. Goes you know, so if you're like, I mean, like you said, like there's so much good that can come out of it. You can also like be led into like some degenerate stuff, you know, like yeah. led back into some stuff that you might have gotten out of in your life. But yeah, it's just whatever you're seeking, you can find. Well, and, I, and one thing I think that gets him a ton of views is how motivational it is. It's like, look at this giant bigger who's like just doing these bowls out of a block of wood. And it's just like. <laughs> it gets people's it gets people's minds going it's like well what am i capable of like this it's like me like if i like when i used to like watch the olympics as a kid like why i got i'm a human just like they are why can i not do 20 backflips off a 30 foot <laughs> diving board like i don't understand and it's because it you don't put five I, years to develop a skill so if you get going now you know five years from now you can maybe do that <laughs> yeah i feel like i'm aged out of the olympics and uh i don't know if you saw the aerial <laughs> shot of where the olympics are now but it is a dump land i didn't see it but i heard someone say it's like right next to like an old nuclear power plant or something like yeah they have like they have like the uh the ski <laughs> ramp and then they like zoom out and it's just like yeah, yeah. it's like just like dark earth it's like Chernobyl or something. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks, China. It's going to start twerking while he turns soon and win yeah. the TikTok algorithm. Jesus. I'm so glad Smart. I don't have a TikTok. Yeah, yeah, I mean, whatever works. Yeah, it's like that. It's good and bad. You know, if you really, like, that was kind of at first, I'm like on it. I'm like, you know what? Okay, I got to use it. The kids are on it. It's, you know, kind of, it's the future. You're like, feeling the inevitable flow of like where attention's going in society and you're just like on it at first and you're like man this is gross this is horrible right. and it kind of like demor you know depressing demoralizing but like you said like if you can just start finding the right people and the right topics and like manipulating that algorithm like yeah. i go on tiktok now and it's like inspiring it's hilarious yeah. funny it's a bunch of christians i watched, I watched my own instagram just once i joined the bear community a few years ago watch my instagram transform it's like there used to be like, at like, you might like this, you might like that. And it's just like all this garbage, all this just, just yeah. worldly bullshit. And it's just like as soon as I started following, exactly, I started following bears and following like cool like outdoor um, like off grid type shit. Just anything you start um, looking more into, it's just like, oh, you like that? Like let let's give you more of that. And it's just like until you, I feel like until you start focusing and start focusing on stuff like that i feel like it just it's going to feed you the garbage because 99 percent of people are going to love the garbage but right. it's just like if <laughs> when you start tweaking it yourself and i mean it's like you can pull up your instagram next to the, the next person you run into on the street their instagram and it looks like two totally different worlds yeah and uh it's crazy to see how that changes but you can i mean you use it for good use it for bad it's all what you 
what you put in is what you're going to get out. Yeah. And then that's life too, right? Like where are you going oh, yeah. on Friday night? It's practical. You going, yeah. You know, in Nashville, it's like, are you going to, to Broadway with all the drunks and degenerates and partying and getting drunk and doing stuff, you know, or are you like at home with your friends, have like playing board games and like laughing, you know, are you going to church on Sunday morning? Or are you sleeping in and watching football hungover? You know, it really is like what you're choosing to do, the environment you're choosing to put yourself in. And we live in a society and a culture like where you can really choose. It's not just some tribe in some isolated place where you're stuck with the 20 people right, <laughs> that right, you were yeah, born exactly. into this, this little confined area and like you have an assigned role and there's no way out of it. Like we really have a, like you can, I mean, I picked up and moved with like no money in my bank account, lived homeless in Nashville and just like figured it out. You know, I chose to leave California and go somewhere better and it like made it work out. You know, we live in a society and a culture and a time where that's possible. So it's almost like there really is no excuse. Like I get it. There are circumstances, but it's kind of tough when I hear people in California, like complain about how horrible California is. It's like, you could also like be making the most of it. You could also leave, you know, there are, there's always moving to Utah and making it work. You know, you could just work, even bloom where you're planted and make it work. You know, stop going to sports games. Stop wasting your money on alcohol. Stop putting your time and energy into this. Stop putting your kids in, in public school and homeschooling them, you know. There's a lot of, like, things you can do that, like, remove you and your family away from the bad towards the good. And I think you're a result of that. Like, if your life sucks, if you're depressing, if you're demoralized, if you're complaining about everything all the time, it's probably because you're, in, like, not in a healthy environment. It's probably because you are removed from God in a lot of ways. So what are you going to do about it? Of course. Like, are you going to keep complaining about it? Are you just going to keep being demoralized? Are you just going to keep doing that, like that low vibration energy? Or are you going to like get out of it? And again, we live in a time and a place where that's totally possible. It's, it's never almost- been an easier time to get out of it, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and equal, equally to the flip side, there's never been an easier time to get sucked into the, the shit either. Yeah, I mean they're both yeah. right there and in your pocket, in your palm at all times, right? Yeah, but that's where the, the discernment, just the like, discernment yep. comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's all around us, but it's also not. It's also not all around us. You know, the bear yeah. community is like, I mean, zero porn in the bear community, right? But yeah. then you go out in the street and it's like everyone else's search history has some porn in it, you know? Oh, yeah. So what are you choosing to do? Which community are you choosing to be a part well, of? Well, it's on, it's on billboards. Do. It's everywhere you look. It's just they're using sex to sell whatever yeah. it is. And uh, but then you start just, like, not looking at it. Right, exactly. <laughs> you just start yeah. being like, I don't need that. Like, I, you train yourself to just be so, like, you know, at this point, like, I used to be – I mean, my testimony is like, I was so addicted to like, I was in California just smoking weed all day, every day, drinking like four nights a week, you know, smoking cigarettes every two hours. Sometimes like I look at people smoking cigarettes and it's just gross. You know, it's just like, yeah. man, you know, like look at people getting drunk. It's just like, dude, that's so dumb, you know, yeah. but, but two years ago, it, you was, don't feel like it's dumb at all. Right. Two, three years ago, it was like, I couldn't even go. I could not go without it. I could not not be high. My life would be miserable. I would be having panic attacks, anxiety attacks. Now I look at people who get high like, dude, come on. You know? And it's tough not to, you know, my reaction isn't like, hey, dude, come on. Right, right. <laughs> but in your mind, it's just what like, what are so you doing? <laughs> but it's so easy for me to see people getting drunk and it's just like, you know what? Like, I'm just, there's zero temptation for me to join them. 
if then my friend, you know, if I have people in my life that are like, come on, we're going to go partying and drinking. Just like, yeah, no thanks, man. Like, I don't yeah. need that. I know I'm how not, that ends. And I'm, not even I'm a question. Like, my eyes aren't there. I'm not going to that environment, you know, unless I'm going to that environment on purpose to preach the gospel. <laughs> right. I'm going <laughs> to use it as an opportunity. There. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, that temptation is there. It's all around. I mean, age group, your environment, you know, TV screens, cell phone screens, billboards. It's, it is everywhere at all times. But if you personally, like if your heart has removed yourself from that, it's easy to just like turn your face, turn your eyes, like swipe up, you know, not go to that, not go downtown, not go there that day or whatever. Um, and really it's that. It's like, has your heart changed? Yeah. I forget the exact line, but there's like this awesome C.S. Lewis quote that everyone like quotes and rewrites and stuff. That's like, you know, you can only heal a sick man when a sick man wants to be healed. You know, you can't, and it kind of just applies so universally to like everything. Like you can't just like force someone to get sober, right? Yeah. It's not going to work. It might work for a day or for a few months, but like that man's heart has to genuinely, truly choose not to drink anymore. It's like, you can't just keep yelling at him and, and you know, he can't with his mind and his thoughts say like, I think the, the, the phrase he uses like when you're like using your lips to say like, God, cure me, but your heart isn't saying, God, I want to be cured. You know, it's yeah. like, but when your heart truly is like, God, I don't want to do this anymore. Please change my heart. It's almost like you're not going to go back ever again. Right, right, right. You might one time slip up and then it's just not going to happen again after that. You know, you might have it's a, all, a taste of alcohol, but you're never going to have that urge to drink. You're not going to have that necessity in your life to drink if your heart truly changes. Um, yeah. Well, it's all about the intention behind your prayer as well. If you're just... Yeah praying to get out of a, a shitty situation for that moment, then you got a lot less likely chance of getting your prayer answered the way that you're hoping as, as opposed to praying to get yourself not only out of a situation, but to get into a better mindset to where you don't fall victim to that situation again, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like we were saying, like, you know, pray for God to open the right door and to close the wrong, the wrong door. You know, it's like if you're walking through the wrong doors and you know it, like ask God to close it for you. You know, yeah. you can probably find a way to close it yourself. That might not be the best long term strategy, but like, you know, God, take away what I don't need. You know, yeah. that's something I've been really including in my prayers lately is really giving thanks for what God has given me, but more importantly, what he's taking away from me. Removing the is things that, that are slowing enough? you up. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I think everyone glosses over or doesn't want to admit, but it's like, the best thing that God did was take away so many of my habits and my urges, you know? Um, it's like, Oh yeah, great. Thanks for giving me stuff. That's great. Like genuinely, but more importantly, like I'm so thankful that like you've taken away all this bad, this evil I was doing. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's important to focus on. Like, I really am glad that God has closed the wrong doors for me. I'm not just keep walking into hell, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's great when God opens a door for you. Like, great. That is awesome. That's good. Walk into that door <laughs> with hope and joy and love in your heart. But also, like, pray that God closes the wrong door so that you're not walking into the wrong place. You know? Right. Well, because it can be really easy to confuse those, especially if you're not walking um, tightly next to God. I mean, it's you can very easily confuse a door that you're meant to go through with a door that is deceptive and, and meant for you to, to pull you away from your path. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. And that's a constant struggle with everyone. Right. 
Yeah. You thinking this is the right thing and then it's not. And then you look back and you're like, man, how was I, how did I miss that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're willing, as long as you're learning from that and you're recognizing that and now you're going forward being like, let's not make that same mistake. You're not repeating. Let's, exactly. Yeah. Let's keep going forward with hope and optimism and, and trying to go through the right doors, you know? Yeah. I messed up. And that's why repentance is so crucial. Like you're going to mess up, like repent for it. And then turn away from that sin, like turn away from what that, what bad that was, and then go forward into something great. And yeah, yeah it's going to happen again. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, we were kind of talking about the very beginning, like you're going to keep slipping up. You're going to keep like, there's going to be times where you just disobey God's commands and got what God wants you to do, right? You're going to keep walking the wrong doors. But that second you realize it, humble yourself, repent for it, and then go forward now on a mission to never do that again. And Certainly. to keep going forward, like positively, you know, don't get linger. I mean, that's kind of been a struggle for me the last few years is like looking back and like feeling so dumb and feeling so foolish for all the bad I did. Right. But you can't keep lingering there. That's going to make that's going to pause you on that journey. You, know, you have well, to be you're like beat, you're just beating yourself up at that point. And I mean, what right. good are you beating up, whether it's someone else beating you up or you're beating yourself up? I mean, it's just yeah. it's <laughs> weakening, weakening your resolve. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to make progress. You know, if you're sitting there lingering in what happened in the past, what was yesterday, you're not going to be going forward into tomorrow making progress. Yeah. Yeah, it happened. Repent. You know, humble yourself. Learn your lesson. But move on. Go forward. Like, there is a tomorrow that you need to get ready for. You can't yeah. keep focusing all your energy on what happened yesterday. And yes, well, if you, if you stay stuck there, you'll never show up to tomorrow. Yeah, metaphorically, it's not like you're going to die today because of that, but you're never going to get to that next that next chapter, that next step, that next wherever you're supposed to be. Yeah, I love uh, the book of Joshua. Like the the opening of Joshua is like, okay, like basically God is telling Joshua, like Moses has died, get up and go. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not like okay, let's spend some time mourning Moses. Let's no, like, you take the torch and you keep on going the same speed, if not faster. Yeah. And then stronger yeah. and harder than he was, right? And it really is God telling Joshua, like, stop looking at yesterday, go forward. Like, we have to, you're going into Israel, you're leading these people now, go. Yeah. You go forward. Stop looking back at what Moses did. Stop thinking about it. Don't linger on it. Don't be too sad about it. You right. go get moving now. I have a mission for you. And I love that, that message. You know, it's really good for everyone to know and understand. Yeah. Well, and, and, replacing that that morning and that looking back and staying with your view in the rear view but replacing that with being grateful for what happened to get you to that point or to get you all or whoever uh yeah. you're talking about to that point um being grateful for that and the knowledge that you pulled from it to be able to move forward um i mean that otherwise yeah you're just staying hung up and you're never gonna you're never gonna get any further than that spot right there and you may even start to fall back to um, taking steps backwards from, from where Moses had gotten. Um, but, I mean, your gratefulness is huge and um, in the path. And that's one thing that I think we've, we've all kind of harped on a lot. Uh, it's just really staying grateful for the things that we have and the experiences that we've been through. And especially being grateful for what we thought were shit times of our lives because – Look yeah. what it's gotten us, you know. Like, um, yeah. it, it was, it got us a lot of heartache. It got us trouble in the time, but, but looking back, I wouldn't give up those times, or I wouldn't be who I am today. Neither would you, and neither would 
Yeah. Wobbly, KO, Bear, Woodshop, uh, any of these people, you know? <laughs> yeah. And quick shout out to Wobbly for my uh, the, the logo. The logo you used for the promo for me today. She actually oh, was that. that from Wobbly? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. That's dope. I use it on some of my pages sometimes. Yeah, yeah so shout awesome. out to <laughs> yeah, Wally's great. There's uh, currently a bear mission in uh, in the works trying to get her out in New Zealand, but I think it's going to involve a bear ship, which we are still trying to get off the ground. <laughs> yeah, mission she, number she, one. She refuses to go down in the tunnels, so she uh, <laughs> got to get her up in the air. <laughs> the summer games are open. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Barry says going forward requires learning from what you've conquered. Exactly. Wobbly Bear says it's going to happen. Every time (laughs) Chaos smiles, a demon is banished to Reddit. Hilarious. (laughs) So, I mean, we can keep talking about this forever, but um, I did want to ask you, I know another thing I picked up off of your stream with Roe is you kind of said, um, I don't remember exactly what job you were working at the time, but talking about how you really just wanted to kind of start pulling different trades and learning how to do the things that you're going to need to know how to do for yourself in the long run. Um, what have you been doing recently? Are you still the same job you've been at for a while or you kind of been doing anything new? No. Yeah. So yeah, that was exactly what I was doing. I worked six months for like a, um, like a hardscape kind of hardscapes construction building like retaining walls and patios and stuff like yeah. that um kind of like low-end masonry you know it wasn't anything like big but it was just kind of like but it wasn't free project. it wasn't free masonry yeah it was not yeah <laughs> it was expensive masonry. yeah, yeah very, as long as you're getting paid you're, you're on the right <laughs> path <laughs> um did that all last year all last summer and then i got a job doing more like landscape construction um, and we worked at, you know, San, um, San Diego, Nashville and building a professional soccer stadium. And so we were doing all like the landscape construction around it, doing like irrigation, earth moving, um, planting stuff, kind of doing some wall building and stuff like that. And then I got a job over the winter doing like just basic landscaping with um, not really a, like a bear adjacent who is on the Bear Target Times app. He reached out to me and was like, hey, I come in Nashville. Do you want to work for me? And it really is just like leaf blowing and like, you know, weed whacking and lawn mowing and stuff like that. But um, now I'm going to kind of try to move into more like construction, I think. So I'm going to like looking for a job right now, more like actual construction, because that just like really wasn't fulfilling. It was, you know, it took me like like a month to learn all of the skills. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just got a little repetitive after that. It's just like the next house did the same thing. The next house did the same thing. So I kind of have done a really good job of like acquiring these different skills. Um, and I'm going to just kind of keep that going. I want to get into like tree working, woodworking. And then I want to kind of work for like a nursery or a farm and really learn like the ins and outs of like growing and planting um, and or construction. So I want to get more familiar with like machines. So using like skid steers and mini excavators, but like I want to start using more like bulldozers and bigger machinery and stuff. Chainsaws. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking for a job now. Uh, in the meantime, I do like DoorDash driving and I might get a job doing like a pizza deliveries just because like jobs like that are paying a lot right right now in Nashville because they're having trouble hiring. So it's there's a lot of money in like really stupid jobs. When you're DoorDashing, do you ever uh, snag some fries for yourself while you're driving around? 
You ever just like put, stick your hand in the back? Not in my computer. You dirty son of a bitch. No, you when I was in my fallen sting, I used to. <laughs> the one that was real sneaky that I did, so this was before I was a Christian. I worked for Postmates in San Diego, like 2015-ish area, era, okay. 2015-2017. And DoorDash is different because everything's pretty much processed, paid for. Now, too, like you get the bags and they're sealed. So there's like, even if you wanted to be like that, you couldn't. But Postmates, you would like originally you'd go into the restaurant and place the order and you have like a credit card. So like someone would say, like, go into this sushi place and order this, this and this, you know, and then this should this should kind of be what the price is and then pay with the credit card, the company credit card, you know, pick it up and go. But what you could do is like you order this, 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 and then you order this for yourself. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) So now like you're ordering an extra roll of sushi Paying with the card and being like, "Ooh, oh yeah, it's like it's close-ish to that." I guess they overcharge you. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You just take for yourself. That was like the real shady thing you could do. Um, But yeah, ever since I've been saved, you know, I'm just on a mission not to like do wrong, even when no one's looking. You know. Oh yeah. That's that's the biggest test is when no one's looking. Uh, What you do behind closed doors or, or when no one's on your shoulder, you know. Uh, that's the real test is um, are you going to cheat yourself or are you going to are you going to hold true and that's tough in a lot of times because yeah. I mean there's situations where in the present moment it would benefit the hell out of you to just take that shortcut or cut that corner mm-hmm. or whatever whatever the sin may be um, but but again working on patience and resilience and perseverance um, that's all stuff that's important and keeping yourself from cutting those corners um definitely pay off in the long run yeah god's always looking exactly ko yeah exactly yeah that's what i was gonna say is like you might get away with it you know somebody might not see you or catch you but like god is you know (laughs) god is watching and like that is i mean at judgment day is that worth is that going to be worth it you know those that handful of fries you got that one Friday night. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it was great in that moment and no one knew any, you know, you got away with it or whatever. But on judgment day, when when that replay of your life is going through, is that going to be something you want to add into the list? You know, right, right. Exactly. Is it going to be worth it in the long run? Yeah. And that's just everything. Fries are kind of silly thing. Like even one of the bigger things, are you stealing from your boss? Like a lot of money? Yeah. You might get away with it. Yeah. It might make your life a lot easier, but I mean, how many people are you harming that you're not, yeah. even, you, know, you know, maybe you're aware of it and don't care, but. Well, or it could, or it could come back around to bite you in the, in the long run or, or down the road, you know, I had a, um, a dude I played lacrosse with in high school and his, he found out, um, it was like the, on a game day, he like didn't show up and he was like one of our starters and we we're wondering where he's at. Well, it turned out his mom got their house raided that morning and she is a bank teller and was pocketing 10 grand a week. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. oh, no. you hear me so? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, had pocketed millions of dollars and had bought her kids cars and paid off their house and like all these things and thought she was gravy and was getting away with it. And, um, and it came back to bite her in the ass. And I'm pretty sure I, I think she's out of prison now, but she, I mean, she went away for a while. And they lost their house, they lost their cars, they lost a lot of their assets that she couldn't prove that she paid for with legitimate money. And, um, yeah, Longbow Bear said nothing stays hidden. I mean, it all comes out eventually. Yeah. So, um, 
I mean, it's just yeah. Important I mean, to do right, do right. No, exactly. It's better for you in the here and now. It might not seem that way. You know, you want to call it karma or whatever. Like, it, there's blowback to your actions here and now, but also like in the bigger picture of your soul. Like, your soul decays and distances itself from God. The more you're in rebellion against His right ways, you know. Oh you're yeah. Not doing the right thing for the sake of whatever, whatever earthly temporary gain you might get. Yeah. It's the thing I'm always trying to reinforce with my girlfriend. She has some habits, you know, that I'm trying to break. And some of it is that. Some of it is like, well, I want to do this. You know, I let's do this because it's fun or let's do this, you know. And it's kind of like giggly, like, ha-ha, no one's really getting harmed, okay. But, like, is it the right thing? Like, take a step back. Like, yeah, it might benefit you in the short run. Yeah, it might be the easy route. But, like, is it truly the right thing to do, yeah. you know? Um, well, you know, if you're leaving a job, like, you know, and it's like, man, I want to, I hate this job. It sucks. I have another job lined up right away. Like I have this experience where like, you know, this job I have right now, the guy was like, I want to hire you immediately. Like how fast can you start? And it's like, well, two weeks from now, because like, I'm going to have to put in a two week notice, you know, because like this job I have now, like they took a risk hiring me. They've been good to me. It's a good job. Like, yeah, you're a better opportunity. You're about to pay me more money. You want me to start right away. It's going to be good for me to just, I can go work for you tomorrow, start making more money, you know, get a head start on this new job I have. Or I could do the right thing and not screw over these people that I'm working for now, you know. Yeah. So sometimes you have to like really just do the right thing, even if it's going to cost you a little bit extra money. It's going to be a little more inconvenient. It's like, yeah, you're about to leave this job and never see them again. So it's like easy to just be like, ah, screw them, whatever. But, like, it really is important to, like, put in that two weeks notice because, like, that really gives them an opportunity to replace you. And, you know, it's just, like, you have to just do Well, that's re repaying the opportunity they gave you in the first place. Yeah. And it's just, like, is it the right thing to do, you know? Right. I mean, it's that's more important than making, you know, a couple extra bucks an hour for those two weeks or getting a head start on your new job or whatever, you know. Um, I think that's really important, yeah. Yeah. Um. Something you said a minute ago reminded me that um, the uh, the inner child stream that Owen did a couple weeks ago resonated with me, and I know a few bears that I've talked to really resonated a lot. And it's really just, um, I mean, especially for for those of us who have kids, it's like the stuff you wouldn't let your kids do. Like, why are you doing it to yourself, or why are we thinking that it's okay for us to do these things to yeah. ourselves or for ourselves in a way? Um, and not really seeing the consequences until you look at it like you're doing it to a kid. And in the, in the eyes of God, we're all his children. So it's like you can be 100 years old and still be a child of God. And, um, and, and treating yourself as such is, is key. And, and that goes for, for all things, whether it's uh, substances or just the way you present yourself, the way that you treat situations, um, just really trying to protect yourself and the image that you that you portray and that you put off to other people because you are a reflection of god you are a reflection of christ especially if that's what you're claiming to be the, the last thing you want to do is tarnish that you know yeah. um but that whole inner child thing really resonated with me a lot and it's just it, it's made it to i mean to where i've even been reevaluating smaller things on my on my on myself it's just like with, with it's different food. I mean, or, or just like cutting out uh, tea or like um, 
soda everyone i mean i've had to stop drinking soda a while ago but every once in a while i have one and now it's just like i'm just like what am i like i'm not gonna give this to my kids i'm not gonna give it to myself and constantly trying to um to view yourself that way i think a lot of people have this tarnished self-image to where they just don't give a fuck about themselves and it's like they're just kind of trying to numb it at that point and um giving yourself that second chance and and treating yourself like you would a, a young child who has no grasp of what of what the consequences or anything like that um is, is, a, is a surefire way to really turn it around and it's not gonna happen instantly but when you continue to to reevaluate in that sense um it really kind of puts things in perspective that you don't really realize as an adult who's struggling in a world full of deception. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's tough, right? Like, uh, like, you know, what you're saying about like, Oh yeah, daddy likes to drink whiskey. It's not for you, son. Yeah. It's like, well, it's probably not for you either. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, well then why is it okay for you? Right. <laughs> because, 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 but, 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 you know, yeah. So, yeah, it's time to start rethinking some of those excuses, you know? Right. Yeah, that is, yeah, it's really, really crucial. I mean, BB, the last three weeks has just been on <laughs> oh, super Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, been on fire. <laughs> I, um... the, the response from the Bears has just been so great. You know, you can just tell, like, he's elevating everyone. And yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. I just finished yesterday the uh, Seek and Destroy um episode about the the truckers and the Sikhs oh, yeah. and, and all that and um one of the greatest titles of any of the streams yeah. oh yeah yeah <laughs> phenomenal and, and he ended up going into the whole crucifix thing and that that whole uh conversation and, and that's something he's touched on before but he just really drove it home um yeah. not that driving the nail is really a good uh metaphor for that for that conversation <laughs> but you know, it's just he he made it clear as day. And it's just like we've all been programmed to think it's okay. And like when he showed how they killed criminals two hundred years before that with a spike, it's just like this could literally be what you're worshiping. And it's like putting those images side by side and seeing it that way, it's just like if that doesn't open your eyes, then you know, I mean I don't know what to tell you. But um just finished Psyops one oh one yesterday. Yeah, I was watching that one this morning actually. Another good one. And it is like, like it is important to understand that, like why Jesus died, how he died, how painful it was, like how much he endured. Like I get those points, but like what BB is talking about is that excess. So now you're starting to worship it. Now you're starting to idolize it. Now you're oh, starting yeah, to exactly. idolization on this big giant bloody man on a cross, like right behind the pastor every week, you know, make sure that you realize it. Like, I get the importance of talking about it. That's why it's there. That's why that story is told to us in the Bible. Like we need to understand that, like the pain that he's, that he's willing to go through for us, the pain that we deserve, the punishment we deserve has been taken for us, right. In our place. But like, then you, you, the, the excess is not <laughs> the correct solution. The yeah. lingering on that to make them, the turning that into your idol is clearly not, what we need to be doing, you know, and I mean, maybe well, and then using that idol to say you can continue watching porn, you continue poisoning your body on a on a nightly basis, you can continue whacking yourself into oblivion, you can steal, kill, what the fuck ever, because he did this. This this idol that we have hanging up on this cross to remind you 
um, that, that your sins are okay. Continue on doing whatever the hell you want because he already yeah. took care of it. Well, that's not it at all. And it's just a, a classic inversion of what Jesus was trying to tell us and what that whole that whole happening of his crucifixion really meant. Um, and it's just, it, it's crazy as adults kind of having this spelled out to us this way um, and kind of seeing that the way we learned it in church growing up, these churches that pushed us, a lot of us away from Christianity for years um, was completely inverted from what God really intended in the first place. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts to see how a lot of us have been pushed away from church in that degree. And then the, the events that kind of make you realize who God really is. And it, a lot of times it's traumatic. A lot of times people are face down at the bottom of the pit. Um, you're just trampled, feeling like there's nowhere else to go. And it's like, that's when you realize that God is your only way out. And it's not like, oh, he's the only thing. Like, he's my last resort. Like, no, like he's the only thing you need. Like, you, all these other things that you can waste your time and energy on um, trying to fulfill this void that you're never going to fill without God. And, um, and, and not only realizing that he's filling a void for you, but he is everything you need. He is the... Alpha and Omega, as the Bible says, or, um, it's just coming to that realization. I think, I don't know. It, it takes a lot, a lot of us being through those traumatic experiences to, to realizing that we, cause I think a lot of us are so headstrong and, oh, I can, and I, this one, another thing I picked up from your talk with Ro is that, okay, well, I, I thought I had life all figured out. I was following my own path. I was enjoying myself. I thought that I had it figured out. And then only to fall flat on my face and realize that I was nowhere close. And, um, and that's huge. And, um, just kind of coming to that realization has been something big for myself and something that I wish I could have told myself or someone would have told me earlier on. But then again, it's like the whole leading versus leashing. It's like, you can't be pulled to it. You kind of have to be shown. And sometimes the only way to really be shown is to see it from the very bottom, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As someone who like <clears throat> was completely not raised in the church, like I was just totally ignorant of everything in Christianity, right? Oh, that's stupid. That's silly, you know? Then all of a sudden, you know, encounter Christ, everything's transformed, reading the Bible for the first time and having like a childlike innocence. Like I, I didn't have everything like dogmatically explained and pumped, like bashed into my head. Like, believe this, believe this, believe this, believe this, you know? And just having that, like, like fresh perspective, fresh eyes to see was so, I mean, profound. I don't know the right word to use, but it was just well, so... And, and, the, and the irony of growing up without God almost being better in your yeah. finding God than people that yeah. had to refine God because they were given a, a poor path to find him in the first place. Right. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, and that's the struggle I have with like people. Cause you know, now I'm in Tennessee where it's almost the opposite. Like everyone I encounter is like, I was born and raised going to church every Sunday. And some of the testimonies are like, I was born and raised going to church. And you know, I, I turned basically the age where like everyone gets sexually active. And I just did that <laughs> and stopped yeah. going to church. And now I'm back, you know? And yeah. my story is like, I was just like, I don't even, I didn't even know what fellowship meant. Like, I didn't know what these terms even meant. I had no idea what it was. 
and just reading the Bible for the first time, like coming to, you know, Matthew, like 24, 25, you're like, whoa, like this guy did that? Yeah. <laughs> it was that brutal? It was that crazy, you know? And right. you're understanding it for what it is because you have like a childlike innocence to it, like to it and for it. It's not just like, yeah, like you said, like beaten into you, reminded every single day of this is what happened. Remember it. Be, look at it. Feel it. Know it. Yeah. You know, but truly like coming to and not just the crucifixion, but like every aspect of the Bible, like with like just a childlike innocence and like a, a sense of like amazement and wonderment and like a humbleness of like, what can I learn from this? Yeah, I've read Genesis now three times, but like, is there something I can learn? Is there something I'm missing? Always. What about that? Like, what if, like, yeah, like this other denomination thinks differently about this aspect, but let me hear them out, you know? Let me see what maybe they get right or get wrong about this. Like, that honest, genuine idea in your heart of like seeking the truth and like humbling yourself and like being willing to be proven wrong, I think is so crucial, especially yeah. with God's word. Like, you can't get stuck in this dogmatic thing that you've heard repetitively your whole life or, Maybe even just yourself, like you found God at a young age and you just have like never really changed your perspective on the Bible and what it is. And that could be leading you astray. Like you could be missing stuff. Like, yeah. Well, that was like one thing Owen said recently is that we all have the word of God written in our hearts from the time we're yeah. born. And that kind of helps us with the whole conversation of, oh, well, how do you know which book's the right book or how do you know which religion's the right religion? And I, think with that word of God written in our hearts or written in our, in our being, in our soul, that it, it helps us to see through that stuff. And when you really have the right intention of, of reading your scripture, whatever scripture you're reading, um, you're able to see the way it, it reflects the word of God within you. And you can kind of see through the manipulation that may have happened with translations or with different gravels of different um, versions or what have you. And you're able to kind of see through that. And that's kind of something that's been tough to explain to people is, as far as like which is the right Bible to read or what's the right denomination or what have you. And it's like, again, it's a personal thing between you and God and fi find what works for you, but, but have that open heart and that open mind for God to interpret it for you instead of thinking, instead of using your mind to try and analyze it the way you've been taught to analyze it. And I think that's where a lot of the mix-up comes in, is trying to use what we've, I don't know how to word this properly, but use the way we've been taught to think to try and analyze it. I think it confuses it even more. I think when you have that open mind and that intention of God speak to me the way that this is meant to be spoken to me, then I think that's when you really start getting these messages and like you said, you can read a, some, a passage or a book for the hundredth time and get something new out of it because maybe you weren't reading it with the proper intention or your focus was directed on a different part of that book or on a different uh, subject or what have you or just the situation you were currently living in kind of related differently to that to that story. Yep. Revelation of letting day, God like teach, yeah. I think your mind doesn't lead you to God, right? Your mind doesn't spiritually connect you back to the Father, but your mind can help your heart do that, which is what needs, you know, your soul Certainly. needs to connect with, with, with God. Your yeah. brain isn't going to do that, but it's going to, your brain's going to help you on that journey, right? It's like a yeah. tool to help you. And I think someone said it kind of similarly, like, if you're seeking, God will provide, right? Like, if your heart truly is seeking God, 
and you're reading one translation of the Bible that's just totally grappled and nonsensical, like you're seeking, you're truly submitting to God, you're truly like repentant and forgive, like forgiving people, you're being obedient to God, your faith is in Jesus, like the Spirit's working in and through you, and you're re- you're sitting here reading the wrong translation. God is going to correct that. Like the Spirit will will provide you through it. So like this whole debate, like I get in these you know conversations of like King James only, you know, and it's like. Okay, like, okay, it's a lot of, there's a lot of intellectual smart arguments. At the end of the day, if you're reading like the NIV, which I've found to be like pretty grappled and like manipulative at times, you're still, like you said, like going to plug into the word that's written on your heart. That mind is going to help you, your heart truly find its way back to, to its source, right? Yeah. And that's what matters. Like if your heart is in the right place, you're going to be provided the right path at the right time. Like, if you're willing to walk, God will give you the path to walk, you know? Yeah. And we, I think we get too caught up in these, like, intellectual thought arguments, right, about, is that the right terminology? Is that the right <laughs> phrasing right. to use? Like, oh, he said saved instead of provided, or he said this instead of that in this one translation. It's like, okay, but, like, the context is what matters. And at the end of the day, like, is your heart truly seeking God, you know? I mean, Abraham did about. have the Bible. <laughs> Abraham didn't have the words of Jesus, yet he was led to God, right? Jesus didn't have the words of Jesus. Right. (laughs) Like, come on. But it's like the the faith, the heart was in the right place. Like, Abraham obeyed. He submitted. His his heart was truly seeking God. He didn't need, like, some theological argument or understanding about this concept of religion in order to seek and find God, right? All that matters is that your heart's in the right place and you're willing to walk forward towards him. And it'll be provided. Seek and you shall find, right? Seek yeah. and God will provide for you. Well, that's like Owen's saying his favorite version is the kids' Bible. And it's like, does anyone want to tell him that he's no, wrong for yeah, that? But, but yeah, of course the, not. The Jesus because it's Bible, all about... Bible is the greatest book ever written. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a copy. I bring it up in my streams all the time. Like, if I'm ever talking about something, and it, it's the Jesus Storybook Bible doesn't have everything in it. But like, if I'm like, what was the one? I was talking about Paul one time, like Paul's journey. And like, there's just this beautiful, simple, simplified version of Paul's life perfectly explained in the Jesus Storybook Bible, you know? And it's just beautiful. It's like, I don't need the King James version of Acts, you know, 16 through 22 to understand Paul. This like simplified explanation of Paul can provide you with exactly what you need and exactly like the relevant points of the story. And then your heart is going to do the rest, right? Like, you don't need to see all the right words in the right order. You just need to, like, understand, like, the truth and the love behind it, and your heart will find. Well, and it's like he said also, if you can't explain it to a child, then it's not true. Like, if it's true, then yeah. you should be able to explain it to a child. And that's kind of where this thing comes in with the, with the kid's Bible. It's like they, they break it down to the most true form to where a kid can understand it. Yeah. And when you start throwing in all this extra verbiage and all these extra concepts and ideas, it's like, hold on. I don't think that was originally – remember, we're children of God. We're not philosophers of God. We're not rocket scientists of God, as, as dumb as that sounds. It's like <laughs> God wanted to speak to his children. He wanted to make it clear that he doesn't want any confusion. Um, we have our choices to make, and, and I guess you consider confusion in that part of it but um but he wanted to make his word clear to us and so i mean if if you can't explain it to a child or you can't explain it to a kid or someone who's hearing this for the first time then there's there's parts of it that could be shaved off to really make it clear to what the message was in the first place 
Yep. Yeah, Paul wrote, I think in Romans, but I think Paul wrote in one of his epistles, like, you see God in his creation. NASA you don't need a Bible in your hands to understand God. All you have to do is exist and, like, your heart has to seek. Like, what we're saying, like, all you have to do is be like, man, this is incredible. I wonder right. who did this. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, he did this, you know? Right. And then yeah. you just start inwardly praying. Like, you don't have to sit here and say the Lord's Prayer you don't need to memorize it. You don't need to replay it. All you need to do is like inwardly seek God and like, you know, have a humbleness, have an obedience in your heart, like be seeking him and he'll show himself. He'll reveal himself to you. And it won't be in the King James version Bible that right, exactly. <laughs> you don't have in your hands. You know, it's going to be in God communicating with you in various ways, you know, through his word, his quote unquote word himself, his presence in various like forms and fashions and ways in your heart at the end of the day, like connecting your soul to him spiritually, not, you know, this precise translation that you have to have in your hands or not, you know, that's a thing in China is like all these Christians are just on fire for God and they don't even have Bibles. So they have these people come, like they basically like pay people or like have people come preach the gospel to them. Like basically like summarizing, like give sermons to them or they'll pay people to like memorize it and then come and like basically repeat as much of it as they can. Because the government cracks down on them actually having, like, translations of the Bible. And then now the gov- their government has been basically, like, rewriting the Bible and basically like, taking anything divine out of it and making it basically like a government communist version of the Bible. Um, so it's like the Book of Satan, more or less. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's kind of like, that. it reminded me of that, like, Jeffersonian Bible where, like, Jefferson rewrote the Bible but took out all the miracles and divine aspects of it. And basically it was just, like, the teachings of Jesus. Similar to that, like, concept. But these people still, like, read that, and they still find God. They know. I mean, they know this isn't the Bible. They know that, like, their government has edited this. They still can, like, read it and read through the lines. They still can, like, read it and, like, understand, like, that God is real and I need to connect spiritually with God. Even though this book that I'm reading, this this butcher, mutilated translation of the Bible, I know it's not complete and correct. They're still reading it and, like, understanding enough that they can like go home and pray at night and actually communicate with God, you know? Right. So there's stuff like that. Like I just, some of these arguments about which translations right or wrong is kind of silly because you're missing the point here, man. It's all about connecting with God. Uh, it's just like which religion is right or wrong. Exactly. It's just, it's a constant d- divider. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think that's just different translations of the Bible. It's just another version of that. That being said, the King James Version is the only version. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. But also, everyone out there remember that. (laughs) Yeah, somebody said King James Version is the only version. All hail Israel or something along that line. I think it's good. I read New King James because I do think, like, King James is pretty close to the original text. It's just King James is a little old wordy, old English wordy. So I read New King James, which I feel like is like the closest understandable translation to King James. But like we're talking about, like, I don't, I mean, someone was saying like, what do you think about the ESV? I think the ESV is fine. You know, I've heard like other translations that are fine. There's one I like to read that's called The Message. And it's like really not close. It's like a lot of liberties are taken in the Message Bible translation. It's really like paraphrased and some, some concepts are really changed. But it also is more like poetic. And it is more like it's almost written for like teenagers. It's kind of the vibe I get. It's more like, how do you turn this complex 
teaching of Jesus, this complex parable into something that like people can kind of understand in like a poetic sing-songy way. Yeah, so like, yeah, I'm not going to read the yeah. message and be like, this is the direct translation word of God. It's the most accurate to the original because it's totally not. But you can still read the message translation and like find God. Like if you're actively pursuing it, you're going to find what's right, right and wrong. The Spirit's going to lead you to what's wrong, what's gravelled, and what's not. You know? K.O. said she only talks to burning bushes. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lighting random bushes on fire and staring at them. Haha. <laughs> I don't ever wear shoes because I'm walking on holy ground. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Rupert Murdoch's Bible. The Bible, a Netflix original series. Hilarious. Yeah. You know, I was actually thinking about that. I mean, I know he's making a joke, but I was thinking, like, Hollywood's never going to do it. But, like, imagine some kind of series or movie or something – or someone did like a movie for each book of the Bible, like something that people could watch because not everyone's about reading the Bible. Not everyone's is about reading in general, but if you could have something that could kind of put it out there, especially if you have it where it's family friendly and the kids can see it too. I mean, you have passion of the Christ and you have um, these, some shows and series that have come out that, that relate to the Bible or certain parts of the Bible. But if you could really kind of, I mean, that's a huge opportunity. I feel like, um, could really reach a lot of people and, and spread these messages and make it more clear. But then you have to be careful of those being grabbed and make sure the right people are producing it, make sure that they're, they're true to the word and they're doing it for the right reasons, you know, chosen. Yeah. That's the name of that one show. I haven't watched that yet, but I've heard great things about it. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. There's one I have, like, I, so I worked at this two years ago during the pandemic nonsense, right? I worked for a big Baptist megachurch and I was like the maintenance custodian. And so everything's locked down, church is locked down, totally gravelled, you know, and they're like spring cleaning. So we're throwing out a bunch of like excess books and DVDs and stuff. And they're like, I'm the guy, like I'm the guy putting all these books and DVDs into like a thing and taking it out to the trash can. And I just couldn't do it. You know, I'm like, I can't throw these Bibles away. I can't throw these. So I just kind of started collecting all these books I was supposed to be throwing in the trash. And long story short, I got a bunch of DVDs. So there's like a bunch of like the DVDs they were throwing out. And there's some of them, like, I have some really good, decent quality, like, probably made in, the, in like, the 90s or early 1000, like, video, like, videos of exactly what you're saying. Like, there's the Book of Acts. And it's, like, word for word exactly the Book of Acts, like, acted out with a pretty good budget. And it's all the New Testament. But I couldn't find the Old Testament. So now I'm trying to go back and find those, and I can't find the Old Testament versions. But I like, like, where the, I, I think their hearts were in the right place. And it was, like... It really was like, you know, it's Peter preaching, you know, Acts 2, you know, and it's like, it's word for word what Peter said, acting nice. out glory mode, you know. It's kind of a little cheesy, you know, it's a little like <laughs> not a Netflix budget show or whatever, but I think that is like a good call and that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, they were making the effort though, and they probably team. had, they probably didn't have an infinite budget, you know, they probably were making the most out they could. They probably, you know, weren't necessarily the perfect people for the job, but they, they, they took up that cross. They took up that opportunity to, to try and put something out, you know? Yeah. And that's what it takes. And we're seeing that all throughout the bear community and, and several different avenues and aspects yeah. and uh, people so just stepping up, stepping up to the plate. And they're just like, we're going to need this in our community. Someone's got to do it. I'm going to be that person. And like yeah. you said, it takes five years to, uh, what did you say? Five years to, to hone a skill. 
Yeah. So, I mean. Let's get on it. <laughs> right, right. I'm still cracking up about KO talking to the shrubbery. <laughs> the yeah. chat, the chat's going off about that. So, Woodshop said Rebecca Bear stares at the sun and KO stares at bushes. Hilarious. <laughs> One thing, quick note about Chosen is I watched, I think, almost all of the episodes. I, kind of, I think I skipped a couple and I didn't finish the very last couple. And I like it. It's good. But you can tell there's, like, some emotional manipulation. Like, I kind of have these red flags that perk up, and I'm like, yeah, they're really using music to, like, set the tone here. Oh, always. So there's some of that stuff that's real slight, but I think it's pretty true to the text kind of stuff. But then also I've heard, um, like, for warning for, like, Catholics out there, I guess something about, like, the way they portrayed Mary is really bad for Catholics. So uh, if you're, like, a Catholic, don't watch shows. It might make you mad. So who uh, who put, who puts that out? I'm, I'm assuming it's not Netflix. Is it like an Amazon thing? No, yeah, I don't know who it is. Anybody in the chat know where Chosen can be watched? You can find it on YouTube. I found it on like uh, streaming sites for free. Okay. <laughs> I think it has its like own app, but I think you might have to pay for it a little bit or something. Woodshop, so they all mask up on set. Unbelievable. <laughs> Yikes. There was one really good scene where they, it was like one of those things where they just filmed like, you know, a 20 minute scene, no cuts. And it's like going back and forth between different conversations. And it's just one giant, perfect take. And I remember being blown away by like how good the acting was and like how well it was shot, like the cinematography and everything. I was like, man, this is like pretty good budget, pretty good acting. You know, it's not, <laughs> they're not, they're not pulling any punches, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. That's yeah, just one of those things. I'm, I'm about to do, like, a video on this podcast that kind of blew up called, like, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. And so it's made by Christianity Today, which is, like, my new enemy. I hate this, these people that are calling themselves Christians that are really, like, deconstructionists or, like, progressive Christians. Uh-huh. And they made this podcast basically just a giant smear hit piece on this, like, pastor. And I think he did some, some bad stuff. You know, I think he was kind of, like, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things like he wrote, he got, he flew too close to the sun. You know, it's like this guy who definitely has talent. He's definitely like leading people to Christ. He's a preacher. He gets it, but he kind of went, he got a little too popular too quick and became too big and too prideful and arrogant. Went to his head. Yeah. And there's a downfall, you know, but like at the end of the day, like no one really got hurt. No one got raped. No one, you know, there's really no consequences, but like this company basically made this really high budget, big budget podcast series, like 16 episodes. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm going to do a whole video about it, but it's just so nonsensically trying to tear this man down, you know, and it's just so clearly, like, emotionally manipulative, like, you know, basically like, a, like one of those, like, crime murder mystery podcasts where it's like, dun, 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 like, ominous music, and they take what he's saying out of context, and they're putting, like, really dark tones behind it when he speaks, you know, so then the next right. scene is someone talking, like, criticizing him, and basically, yeah, he's real mean, you know, and it's like, I'm a victim. And it's like ukulele music and stuff. So just stuff like that I can like hear at this point and just be like, this is like clearly someone trying to manipulate people's emotions. Like they're not. You take the music away from it and it it gives a whole different story for sure. You you just kind of take a step back. You're like, they're really taking this guy out of context. They're really blowing this out of proportion. Like there's a whole episode about Bobby Knight. It has nothing to do with the guy, but they're portraying it. Like, look at how bad Bobby Knight is. It was just like this guy. It's like, no, it has absolutely nothing to do. 
<laughs> it's apples to oranges. Like it has nothing, no relevant correlation to it at all. But yeah. when you kind of like see that, you're like, I don't even know if this is right. This guy might be a jerk. This guy might deserve to be torn down. But like, I can clearly see you're trying to emotionally manipulate people into like agreeing with you and hating this guy. And the reason I bring that up is it's kind of like Chosen. It's like, I think Chosen's good. I kind of like it. It's definitely like well-made and but it's clearly like emotionally manipulative. Like they're clearly doing that, like, you know, cut scenes at the right time and music manipulating your feelings and emotions and stuff. So it's kind of one of those things. Like, I think it's pretty good. I want it to be good. But well, I feel of, like that's yeah. what a lot of TV and these series and like um, shows have turned into is just like the suspense, the, the roller coaster of emotions that you go through. And I feel like even though they try and make a show about Christ and about, uh, connecting to the Bible, so they still feel like they have to fit that mold of the emotional roller coaster and the, the grabbing your attention in certain parts and then yanking you around in other parts and uh, and like you said, the the scene cuts and the music and and all the stuff that kind of in a way takes away from the message of the story in the first place. Yeah. So I get it. That's the nature of the beast, right? That's like what movies are going to do. But I just. Sometimes I'd prefer to like just read the Bible instead of right. have right. someone like emotionally manipulate me into liking the disciples. It's like, all right, I could kind of appreciate them on my own. You know, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Those people in the chat that just said like they went to Mars Hill and they know him and stuff. Can you guys like DM me and message me about him? Like what you know behind the scenes about that church or what your experience was there? Moon Jazz says he lives near Mars Hill, so he's a... Uh... He's a someone, said they went twice and someone says they, they knew about what he was saying behind the scenes. Hi, King Bear, his backroom talk. So yeah, hit me up. If you guys got knowledge or insights about that, you know, let me know because I'm kind of investigating the whole thing right now. The Book of Gary would be a great series. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that, that really would be a hilarious show. Just like yeah. Owen's interpretation of the Book of Gary and then the different ways he's touched on that. And just making that like a, a parody of a yeah. I think you're kind of pushing the line of blasphemous, I guess, to a degree. But I guess if you don't take it that direction, it could be hilarious. Wasn't there? Um, there was some movie. God, I'm blanking on who the name was. Um, they like made a, a, a sort of similar where it's like the they think this guy is Jesus, but he's not, and his name is just like Bob or something. God, I'm blanking on the name of those people that made it. I'm not sure. Anybody in the chat now? But it's like they're showing up to his house and being like, you're the Messiah. And he's like, go away. It's not, I'm not your guy. Right? <laughs> he's like, I'm not the guy. Leave me alone. <laughs> and like, look, he's doing miracles. He's like, no, I'm just washing my clothes. Get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, mean, I think it's like one of those things where it's like, my name is just Gary, dude. I'm not, I'm not your guy. Leave me alone. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Hilarious. Concept. <laughs> yeah, the chat's been hilarious tonight. Starring Ben Stiller. Life of Brian, that's what it was. Yeah, Life there of Brian. Like, no, I'm trying to worship it. Monty Python, yeah, Monty Python. I haven't seen it, but I've seen like scenes from it, like clips from it. And they're just like trying to worship. And he's like, dude, I'm just Brian. Leave me alone. Like, <laughs> get away from me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Monty Python. I was blanking on the name of that. Yeah, they're great. Um, Evan Bruce Almighty was fire. 
That was a little kind of a different different turn. Um, I'm trying to think other things I wanted to ask you. Um, one thing I try to ask my guests, and I, I feel like I've dropped the ball on this last couple episodes, is there any uh, bear businesses that you would like to shout out? Anybody that you've interacted with or you've given business to that, that you definitely like to share? Um, kind of put, put them out there, shout them out. Not really businesses, but, you know, I'm more of like the interviewing people, being on their shows, watching them, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you guys, I'm always shouting out Hang With Bears. You guys are awesome. Uh, <laughs> Berserker Bear, you know, Dustin, always blanking on the name of his new channel. It's like Bushwhacking History in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, you know, just always crushing with that. Um, yeah, I need to be better about doing the business stuff. There's a lot of bears in East Tennessee, like out by like uh, Chattanooga. And it's just like too far away from me. <laughs> I'm like, move to Nashville, where I'm like, maybe I should move from Nashville out to East Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bears homesteading and crushing out there. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I need to be better about buying buying bears, not. <laughs> yeah, that's something <laughs> I've tried to work on as well. Yeah. I mean, I, there's every once in a while I'll like see something like, oh, that's cool. I want to get one. But then it's just like, no, there's things that we buy from the store that we could easily replace with yeah. supporting a family that's, you know, trying to just crush and, and do their own thing. Um, I guess the one and, is I was going to buy a knife from Bladesmith there because I want like a really good knife, like pocket knife and stuff. So it's like, well, something like that. It's like I could go buy something cheap from Walmart or I could like have a bear make me something cool that I'll like have in my pocket forever. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> like I might as well do that. I might as well support that guy doing that instead of just what save twenty bucks to have something. Dude, um, Walmart's the Chinese communist takeover, man. Yeah, you don't want to give your dollars to that. <laughs> Although I will say, I've I have found in the last few years, Publix is my like go to, and they're a little more expensive. And yeah, they're like a big corporation, but Publix never once made me wear a mask. And That's like a, southern, a southern grocery store, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like a little more expensive. It's almost like sometimes I just go out of my way just to like go there and support them because like during the whole nonsense, like everyone was trying to put a mask on my face and Publix not once said anything about it. And then I even had a couple employees come up and be like, hey, man, thanks for not wearing a mask. Like <laughs> more people right. need to do this, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, I have yeah. to wear it because I'll get fired if not. But like, man, I love that you're not doing it. Like keep it up. Yeah. Um, so well, I just have this thing in my heart for a Publix, even though they are just some big giant corporation. I'm like, but they still didn't put a mask on my face, you know? Right. Well, and that's <laughs> the thing. I mean, the bear community is not at a point where you can get everything you need from a, from a bear, but just, just supporting people who are, on the same path or on the same view uh, on some of these topics. And, and, and the last couple of years, it's, it, people have been making themselves evident what side of, of that they stand on. And if you can give money to businesses that are sticking their neck out there to go against the green, then I think that's definitely the move. Yeah. Even like you said, even if it is somewhat of a corporation, you're still, the people that work there aren't, aren't part of that corporation. I mean, they're, they're part of that company, but, I mean, they're, they're still trying, they're there to provide for their family. They're not, you know, um, I mean, they give, they give a fuck about you. They care that you're coming in. Um, uh, they're not going to put you in an uncomfortable situation to, um, uh, just to enforce on you. I mean, they'd rather 
see you coming back, see you spreading the word about them being good to their customers, then, you know, what Josh has helped me take down Bezos. Someone said I say like a lot, Dimples Beanie. Sorry, I'm from Southern California, so like is like, 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 like in every one of my sentences, and I've been trying to beat that out of myself, but it's like really hard to do it. (laughs) It's all good, man. from Chicago originally, like good, you know, Southern right here. That's what I'm saying. Good uh, Irish Catholics from Chicago. So, you know, is in every sentence. So it's always like, you know, you know, you know, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I, I know. don't know. You're telling me this for the first time. No, <laughs> right, you, you know, right. you know, like, you know, like, you know, like this and then like this and then, you know, like this. So yeah, it's like a constant um, battle struggle. I've had to like break my habits and obviously I'm failing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd say those those two phrases a lot, and it annoys me when I listen to myself back. You know, like when I re-listen to my streams or something, I'm like, gosh, you got to cut that out, you know, but, you know, but <laughs> you <laughs> just like, keep doing it and like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's hard, hard to break. Well, that's like, um, like, like filling in your, yeah. your spaces with, um, yeah, uh, it's just something to work through, but, and you do it subconsciously, you don't catch it. But then uh, there's been times where I'll like go back and replay a stream that I that I was on, just like I wouldn't stop. Like, even tonight, I've been like touching, like like fucking with my beard, just yeah. it's just out of habit. Sometimes a hair will, like curl up in my nose and it's like, so, 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 so I'm picking it and shit. But you know, just, at the end of the day, you know, if if that's what you're focusing on, then you're missing the message completely, and it's all good. I think everyone kind of has that, just where they're from. It's like little things that your little vernacular phrases and speeches. And that's yeah, um and like. And California is um like, and you have to have a first word in every sentence. So yeah, <laughs> it's like been kind of hard to break all that now that I'm in Tennessee. And that stuff really stands out in conversation. Yeah, yeah. Temple Beanie had a stretched out ego. Now that he's in a rap song, hilarious. Yeah. I wonder what's under that baby. <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, I'm assuming it's nothing, but it could be something. Woodshop says he doesn't use fillers, he just pauses like a retard. <laughs> yeah, is that more or less awkward? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Star Wars Mary, much love y'all. Later, Wobbly. Have a great night. Thanks for being here. We'll see you later this week. I think she's coming on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Tim Pools Beanie says he's famous. Fuck you. Wow. You you poked a soft spot on the beanie. It's literally just a beanie. I don't even know how it comments on here, but (laughs) it's own. You get a little money from from child blood drinker Tim Peter Thiel, and you think you're... The world the, I think the beanie has a handler who, who comments for it. <laughs> yeah. Peter Thiel bought you and now all of a sudden you're hot stuff. All right. right, right. Joe Gagan, a wonderful conversation. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate being here, Gagan. Yeah. Shout out Joe. Joe was on uh, my live stream number 80. We talked about Alicia Bears, which, again, shout out to Alicia Bears. My uh, recruitment month was recruitment 13 in November. And then just last month in January, I did my first like veteran challenge. And both times I got nominated to be like my uh, region leader. 
which is like kind of cool and kind of honorary. But then like, you know, the whole point is like when you're, when your region's messing up, like say one of the guys that you're supposed to be like keeping in like account for, keep, keeping in check, being like uh, in charge of slips up. Not only do they have to do like a punishment of like push-ups or something, but you have to as well. And oh, nice. boy, oh boy, did my time zone really mess up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like sick and like every day, every, I was like so like frustrating, like, come on guys, I can't do another 200 pushes to push ups today. And then tomorrow it's <laughs> someone else. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I barely wake up and do push ups. I'm like sick and like, gotta do it, you know? Yeah. But now looking back, it's like, I mean, I went from at the beginning of January, I could like barely do 40 push ups to now I can just do like 100 push ups. So, yeah, like, again, kind of what we were saying earlier, it's like that trauma, that pain, that, like, oh, God, this is a nightmare. This is horrible. And now it's, like, dope. Yeah. (laughs) You know, my arms are looking pretty good. I'm pretty strong. Like, I'm getting this endurance built up, you know? Yeah. So it's, like, pretty – you look back and you're kind of grateful that it happened, but in the moment it's just a nightmare, you know? Oh, yeah, 110%. Yeah. Shout out to the Legion of Bears. Shout out to Joe Gagan, who talked about it with me on my stream. That was awesome. Yeah, Gagan's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> Old Telecaster bear. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so Crush Fest um, 2022 in, in July, are you thinking about coming up? Are you guys have anything going on down there for 4th of July? Where and when? I might have to. Is that the Indiana? Uh, no, it's in western Pennsylvania. Crush Fest. Is that, um, is that Rhino Bear? Yeah, Rhino's putting that on. It was at Rhino's place this past year, and uh, I thought about it because Gagan actually flew out from New Mexico. It was awesome. Um, got to got to meet him there, but a ton of bears. Um, and, I mean, a huge, huge, great turnout, awesome experience, nothing but fantastic memories all around. And so I feel like this year is going to really spread um, and be explosive. Um, no pun intended with the fireworks, but... <laughs> I think there's going to be a ton of people there. And, uh, a little, uh, slightly, yeah. On a, it was, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, yeah, Longbow Bear knows about it. Yeah, it was an awesome time. I feel like there's going to be a, a big turnout this year, and uh, I'd come, but I've banned, I've banned too many bears. I'm skirting. <laughs> yeah, you better be joking, Ko. I know you're not skirting nothing. <laughs> And that's in, yeah, K- that's in Ko's home state too, so she's got zero excuses this year. I think I think that she was busy this past year. We're gonna let it slide. But um, if you if you're a bear and you live in PA or any state that touches PA, you have zero excuse to not be there this time. <laughs> I'm even gonna try and drag Woodshop across the country for this one. I doubt he'll do it because he's too busy uh, with his 911 companies and he never gives himself a day off. But. Um, He's too viral on TikTok to be uh, associating with uh, the likes of us. (laughs) Is that not the truth? (laughs) Jesus. Oh, you only have a thousand followers on TikTok? Oh, okay. I just got a half million views because my wife is one. See, he's got the wrong idea with the hot chicks on TikTok. His wife is sweating in the screen room. He's like, this is my hot chick. Like, it's 150 degrees in here. And she's sweating her ass off. Yeah. I mean, it's still working. I mean, even though he's got the wrong idea of, of hot, um, he's steaming her out of the garage, but it's working. He's getting half a million views, so good on you. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, seriously though, if you if you don't have Fourth of July plans, mark that down because it's going to be awesome. Uh, I think Man, we had I'm, I'm I think we had a little that. over a hundred people this past year, and I expect that to double at least. And just the amount of kids was awesome, man. I mean, there's anybody that was there, any any idea? I want to say at least thirty kids, and they were all having a blast. We went uh, we went back for Bears Giving in in um, November, four months later, and this little girl, I can't remember her parents' bear name, but they got there and they're like, she was asking about your twins the whole way here if they were going to be here. It's like as soon as they saw each other, is and they're like four years old. And they were, like, holding hands and running around like they had just seen each other the day before, four months later. And that was the only – that was only the second time ever they had seen each other. And just seeing those bonds form and the kids, like, just run around and my baby's getting passed to other people. And, like, it's just – there's no worry at all. There's no judgment. It's just everybody's having a good time. And it was was a blast. I definitely recommend it to anyone who doesn't have Fourth of July plans. If you do have Fourth of July plans, they're probably going to suck in comparison, but (laughs) I'm not here to shame anybody's plans. If you do, cancel them. That's right. You know what? Yeah, K.O. Bears at Soul Family. It is. It's like a gigantic family reunion. It was awesome. Um, And even running into people that you've kind of maybe only talked to through Instagram or Bertaria Times app or in the saloon chat or what have you it's just being able to put faces to these names and and uh shake hands and hug hug it out and all that it's it was an awesome time and live music going they had games for the kids they had uh food like you wouldn't believe everybody brought something and i mean we had food for days i mean people taking food away there i mean up was the indiana one i'm gonna try to go to that one too yeah so yeah, I gotta get Tennessee Bears, man. We're slacking. I made a group, Tentaria, <laughs> and we're pretty, you know, we're kind of socially active together. But um, and Tennessee is just weird if you if you've never like lived here or been here, like it's pretty far lengthwise. Yeah. So like, even though like, yeah, there's a bunch of Tennessee Bears, they're actually like six hours, five hours, four hours away from me. It's almost like sometimes like those Indiana Bears are actually closer drive to me than like. East Tennessee Bears are, and I'm in Nashville. Yeah, but um, not to get too into it, but we had we had a good thing going because Ohio, you know, Bear Church Fair. Uh, <laughs> not to be named, Bear and, uh, was the one kind of organizing and making it work for like the Middle Tennessee Bears, and we all kind of came together. But even that was like Bears coming from not Tennessee, like coming from Mississippi, coming from Alabama, coming down from Kentucky. And so when all of that drama happened, we all just kind of like stopped <laughs> doing yeah. it. And I know there's some East Tennessee meetups, but it's just like a four or five hour drive for me. Um, so I want to be a little better about Tennessee meetups or whatever, but I'm starting to realize that I need to give up on my state and just see it broadly as just more like even like going to like the Indiana meetups might be easier, honestly, than like the East Tennessee meetups and the East people seem to be going to like the Georgia and the Florida meetups and stuff. It's like, we're kind of traitorous in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we and even if you more... can only get to one or two meetups a year because you're having to travel for them, it's like those create relationships that will resonate and you'll continue on a weekly basis talking to people. And, and then you'll have people that want to come see you where you necessarily can't travel out to see them. And, um, it's just, just getting yourself out there is, is, is awesome. And, and being on here and is a great way to get yourself out there, but, but nothing beats those family reunion feeling of just like 
being on the same ground, breaking bread with your brothers and sisters and seeing, seeing the next generation run around being wild and just kind of sitting back and enjoying the fruits of, of the labor and everything we put into it. Yeah. Well, I'll say right now, I'll make a vow to you right now before you and every other bear and before God, most importantly, I will be a crush fest. Awesome. That's what I like to hear. Bring as many, bring as many Tennessee bears, North Carolina bears, whoever, any, anybody you see on the side of the highway that looks like a bear. Well, I'm going to back, I'm going to backpedal on that one. Anyone who seems like they may be adjacent, but yeah, if they look like an actual grizzly, then probably leave them where they lie. Sean, that's an actual bear. There's a bear. Uh, are we not going to crush fest? I don't see what the problem is. Like, right, is a right. <laughs> that's a black bear. You can't. Yeah, well, that's off limits. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we're bringing race into this all of a sudden. Okay. Right, right. Bowler no, will be there. We gave him a hard time about not coming this past year, so I'm hoping he'll be able to make it this year. <laughs> yeah. It's going to yeah. be awesome. I think we might have just recruited at least 23 people for Crush Fest. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Sean opens a Sean opens a U-Haul full of bears. Hilarious. That's exactly. Look who I picked up. Hilarious. Actual racism. How dare you not allow bears? That is a great point, Ko. Yeah, I mean, if we're not going to allow actual bears, then what the hell are we even doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I know dog fighting and, like, cock fighting is frowned upon, but, like, bear fighting? Like, where does that fall in the scheme of things? Is that okay? Can we bet on it? Do we just have to watch and cheer them on? Like, I'd say yeah. yeah I feel <laughs> yeah, like Gagan's got experience. Like Gagan, can you, can you leave us any information on this? <laughs> I don't know about the I feel like there's stuff, some there's some weird shit going on in Albuquerque. There has to have at least been one bear fight. <laughs> you got my stamp of approval. I don't know if it's yeah. legal in you know, the state of Pennsylvania, but <laughs> I mean, so, well, it really comes down to is it okay under God's law? And I've never seen anything in the Bible against bear fights. I don't see anything contradictory. In yeah. fact, God actually sent bears to maul people who offended uh, prophets. So. You know, it sounds like he's on the bear yeah. It sounds like he's on the bear's side. <laughs> no, what, you got, what you got to watch out is for those moon bears and those Saturn bears. <laughs> Did you ever see that whitest kids on the uh, whitest kids on the? Um, yeah, that yeah. The the moon bear skit that was hilarious. I watched that again yeah. recently. The Saturn bears. Are you telling me there's not only moon bears but Saturn bears? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to Iran, aren't we? You got me. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Sell your cape and buy claws. Jesus, allegedly. Hilarious. Pakistan fight bears with dogs. Interesting. With dogs. What kind of dogs? Jesus. Pretty sure old Doug Walters can talk to bears. I don't doubt that. There's this, uh, this dude that I grew up with who was very close to an actual bear and and uh and and, and uh his figure and his stature he used to play the cross and he was one of our defense guys and i was always glad he was on our team yeah dreaded, dreaded going against him in practice but you know it was what it was to say, practice might not have been too yeah. fun well he was a year ahead so he was constantly like picking on me and my buddies it was just like 
you guys are below me. Like, you will feel pain. Oh, great. <laughs> but then you realize that pain is weakness leaving the body, and you grow from it, and, you know, you move on. <laughs> I feel like this took a hard turn going from talking about uh, – about our walk with God to fighting bears. Yeah. <laughs> but I do support the whole conversation. The famous like, funny story is that um, a group of kids were basically like, making fun of, I think it was Elijah's bald head. Hold on, you got something with your microphone. It sounds like it's sitting in a cup of water or something. Me? Yeah. No, the other guy. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Still, still like that. I don't know. Is anyone else having a? It might just be my headphones. Maybe I don't know. Is anyone else? Anyone else hearing a muffle from from Sean? I don't know how to fix it. If not. Yeah. Long story short, God sent bears to uh, attack. Kids who are making fun of one of the prophets. <laughs> Kids at that, right. Kids, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to assume, you know, bears are, are a part of God's judgment at times, you know, it's righteous uh, consequences. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I definitely never read any scripture where he's attacking bears, but I do like that he used bears to make things right. I think that's fractal for what we're going through now as well. KO says shake your Ethernet cable a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'm going to have to call it a night, too. Anyways, that might be a good sign to end. <laughs> Dude, it sounds like you're talking through your NASA helmet now. <laughs> Sean, it's been a pleasure, man. We'll definitely do this again. I, uh, I had a great time. The chat had a great time. Looks like everybody, uh, and we're still up over 20, 20 people in the house. Usually, uh, we're, we're dropping down to around 12 at this, at this hour. So I appreciate everybody who's been hanging out tonight. Um, Sean, thank you again. Uh, if you got anything else you want to say to the people before you roll, otherwise we'll catch you, uh, catch you soon. I'll talk through my NASA space helmet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Keep crushing. You guys, you, everyone, all the Hangout Bears guys, always crushing. Always sending people here. The chat, always crushing. Everyone in here is awesome, amazing. Oh sevens, Bear Sevens in the chat. Um, and that, I guess if you want to hear me out, hear my ramblings on my own or with other guests and stuff, I have Bears on kind of occasionally, kind of talking about similar things, you know. Um, you can find my live streams and all that stuff at uh, Sean and Corey on whatever Gravel website you use. <laughs> a lot of theater, YouTube, uh, DLive, Twitch for the, the live stuff, BitChute, uh, Gab TV and stuff. But um, yeah, hit me up. Converse with me in my DMs and chats and stuff. I don't just like speak in the microphone and pretend I'm too good to like reach out and communicate with people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. Shit. Like, like talk about interesting stuff, share some gravy. Um, so yeah, reach out and uh, holler at your boy, I guess. <laughs> oh, now your new your new name is Sean Bot. Ko is uh, <laughs> as coins uses Sean Bot. I like it. <laughs> oh, now and now your audio is back. Uh, that's that's weird. I don't know. Now, now it right, good. Fine. So we have three more hours now. I guess. That's right. That's right. Hey, I did. I did prom. I did promise Bud Bear that I would share this off tonight. He sent me a package the other day. 
And I'm going to give credit to Haiku Bear because he came up with this. But it is NASA, the early years. I don't know if you saw that stream. (laughs) But uh, I like their earlier work, if you know what I know what I mean, yeah. before they came to the States. Yeah, and my is, uh, so, so get your, get your new stuff. NASA yeah. stickers. Yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> Got a little itch right there. <laughs> Everyone's getting it. The chat's getting it. The chat's loving it. Awesome. awesome. Great time. I'll buy a shirt. If you got a shirt, I'll get one of those, yeah. Dude, Bud Bear will make whatever you want. He'll, he'll put it on a wall thing. This <laughs> whatever yeah, you want. You can, you, can have a car, you can make a car flag for this thing. <laughs> 